Where will the Browns go tonight in our festivities? How high will Jalen Tolbert be pushed up the ADP board? And will the pros be able to hold their own against the FFPC Joes this evening? Follow along with the live draft board tonight as you watch our pick-by-pick -pick analysis while we call the action. From the 2022 FFPC Pros versus Joes, your dead meat league number five draft to see who's going to win a 2023 FFPC main event squad. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott and Dave Terpoli are here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. And the pressure, I've seen Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-hosts tonight are the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, he of KFFSC.com fame, Farrell Elliott, and of course, our FFPC live best ball expert analyst, Dave Terpoli. Uh, tonight, we have the fifth of six extra special episodes for you. It's the 2022 FFPC Pros versus Joe's Your Dead Meat main event. Uh, your, your Dead Meat League, not the main event. Number five tonight, we're going to be covering it uh, the whole way for you here on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Shout out to the chat room right now if you have any questions. Uh, feel free to post them in there. We'll try to get to all of them. Uh, if you want to connect with us on Twitter, we're at HSFFR. I'm at Eric Balkman. Farrell's at J. Farrell Elliott. And of course, Dave is at Dave Turp. You can post on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash uh, high stakes uh, slash HSFFO, or beg your pardon. And our email inbox, high stakes fantasy football at gmail.com. Send those questions in. We'll try to get to them throughout the program tonight. Thanks to our the hard work of our producer and mutual friend Robin, our audio engineer, my best friend Bryce. Uh, don't forget to register for the FFPC main event if you haven't yet. Uh, the next draft slot deadline is going to be August uh, 15th, and you'll get your draft slot by August 17th. $1 million grand prize this year, whether you're hanging out with us in Vegas and drafting live or from the comfort of your own home. Plenty of football guys, players, championship drafts filling up each and every day. You can take your shot at a half-million-dollar grand prize there. Our best ball tournaments, 125 bucks to win $200,000 in our classic best ball tournament. And then our super flex best ball tournament, $35 entry, $10,000 grand prize. Dynasty startups going for the next month. Closed 12 team leagues all at myffpc.com. Tonight, we have uh, number five of the pros versus Joes to give you the lay of the land here. Picking first, Matt Marcoux and Mike Stanowski, a couple of FFPC Joes who you know from this program who've made their appearances on here. Uh, Josh Hayes from rotoballer.com. He's drafting second. Lou Tranquilli, a highly accomplished FFPC player drafting third tonight. Doug Orth from FF Today, a longtime pros versus Joes drafter. He is picking uh, fourth, cleaning it up tonight. Bill Van Ormer, you just saw him on this program about a month, month and a half ago. He's picking fifth. NBC Sports Edge and the ship-chasing co-host Pat Crane is actually going to be picking sixth tonight, followed by former FFPC main event $500,000 winner Phil Hooten, who's drafting seventh. Dan Williamson from the GOAT District, the pro in the eighth spot tonight. John Hurd, another former guest of the show. 
picking ninth tonight. Liam Murphy from Fantasy Points is 10th. Shane Wingard, who was just on this program about a month or so ago, the Irish CEO, is picking 11th tonight. And Bob Lung from Big Guy Fantasy Sports picking 12th. I want to bring in the draft board right now here as we, I believe, have some, yep, we got some live analysis here. And can we do live analysis with the incomparable Dave Terpoli? I don't think so. So I'll bring him in. Dave, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great. I'm expecting fireworks tonight. Why are you now? Why tonight are we expecting fireworks? What's going to There's happen? a lot of guys who I know very well in this draft and a lot of well accomplished players. We have a main event winner. We have the underdog champion last year, the million dollar Liam Murphy. There's a lot, a lot of talent in this draft. There's also a lot of talent on this show. Farrell Elliott joining us once again, the KFFSC commissioner. Farrell, how are we doing? Excellent. Good to see you, gentlemen. Uh, it's good to see you too. We're already through the first round and fireworks quasi fireworks to kick it off tonight christian mccaffrey going with the first overall pick tonight uh not jonathan taylor not cooper cup but matt marcoux and mike stanowski taking christian mccaffrey first overall and then after that we get cooper cup two. jonathan taylor falls three to lou tranquilly justin jefferson to doug orth jamar chase to number five that is bill van ormer followed by travis kelsey to pat Corain. Uh, Stefan Diggs off the board at seven to Phil Hooten, Austin Eckler and Derrick Henry go to Dan Williamson and John Hurd, respectively. CD Lamb makes an appearance at the 110 tonight. That's Liam Murphy from Fantasy Points, Najee Harris to Shane Wingard, and then Devontae Adams at 12 to Bob Lung from Big, Fan, uh, Big Guy Fantasy Sports. Um, let's kick things off right away. Um, Farrell, Christian McCaffrey at the 101. We've seen it before, um, and we've seen it twice now in pros versus Joes. How prevalent is this going to be as we get closer to main event time that McCaffrey is going to leapfrog both Cup and Taylor, do you think? I guess it could happen. It happened tonight, and when we see him looking good on the field, when the quarterback situation gets uh, corrected, maybe we'll uh, maybe this will be the play. But I think that uh, youth uh, serves the Indianapolis Colts. The way that team is put together, I think Taylor's a better pick if you're going running back at one. Um. Then uh, you have the uh, option terp here at two. Um, Jonathan Taylor falls to you. Josh Hayes from Rotoballer ends up going with Cooper Cup. Would you have been able to make that choice, Cup over Taylor, if both presented you at the 102? I'm probably taking Taylor. Um, I just think he's a little bit safer. Cup's coming off a career year. You have Allen Robinson coming in there now. It's not a bad pick for any reason. I mean, it's they're pretty much flip-flopping right now if you're going McCaffrey. I would have took Taylor, but... It's not like anything I'm going to argue over. Um, so, and the last thing I'll bring up, we got a ton of guests we want to bring on here, and I'll get to our first one shortly. The CEO squad, Shane Wingard uh, at 11, taking Najee Harris. Uh, we saw the report today that he got stepped on in practice. Farrell, that's that's a non-issue, right? This is something that we're not concerned with right now? I'm not concerned with and 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 Terp, that goes the same for you, right? No concern whatsoever. Okay. All right. So just one of those training camp things that we have. Let's bring in our first guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen. He was just on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. An esports pioneer, a founder of a startup, a game maker, former commissioner for EA Madden, of course, former tournament director for Riot Games. And uh, he joins us tonight, a veteran of not only the pros versus Joes, but a guy who's won a boatload of high stakes drafts in the FFPC and the Football Guys Players Championship. My neighbor to the south in southern Wisconsin, the incomparable Matt Marcoux. Welcome into the broadcast tonight, man. Sport the Packers gear. I love it. We got to stop meeting like this. (laughs) You you called it with this league. I'm not the one who's going to end up dead meat tonight. I'm dressed the part. We're going to strike first, strike hard. 
Christian McCaffrey, CMC. Love the energy. And so, okay, so tell us about – so you and Mike um, obviously uh, had to have a discussion about this. Why was McCaffrey over the pick of, uh, of over both Cup and um, and, uh, and Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, just no, no, no surprise. We just looked at um, points per game, like his, his ability to just be a league winner. Um, you know, he's, he's been injured a bit, obviously a little bit of a concern, but nothing, uh, nothing, no true severe uh, injuries. So, you know, when we looked at his situation, probably the best situation in Carolina that he's had in a while. Um, you got to bet on your guy. Uh, also shout out the, another intangible. So, uh, to Todd and Lori in, uh, California, uh, Lori has a special ability. They're both Stanford whisperers. Lori has a special ability to give a stat boost to NFL players simply by wishing it and willing it. So that's that's our hidden secret this year. How can you go wrong? So Matt, would you say this was a joint decision between you and Mike? Uh, yes, we we 100% agreed on it. We were good for this decision. Okay. All right. So let's go to uh, let's go to uh, the, I, I'm, I'm going to try to bring him on right now, and I don't know if I'll be able to, but I'm going to do my best. Oh yeah, there he is. The former pro gamer, former guest of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, and co-manager with Matt Marcoux here tonight, Mike Stanowski. Welcome into the program, man. Thanks, fellas. Good to be here. Okay, um, so, you, so you guys, so Mike, I apologize. You guys are on the clock right now to walk us through this. What are we thinking here between you and Matt? Well, uh, Team Three made a phenomenal pick here at the two ten. Uh, that was the plan. They sure did. Yep. So, so that's uh, that's a little bit of a snipe there, but we're okay. Um, we're going to take the guy who's not going to be suspended this year. Um, <laughs> For now, in in Deshaun Watson, uh, <laughs> Alvin Kamara. That would be some fireworks. Yeah, I know. You're right. You're right about that. Yeah. Um, Mike, how are you and Matt deciding? Did you already have a pregame, like kind of like you knew what the first three picks are going to be going in? Cause you're back on the clock at the three Oh one here. Yeah. Um, we, we definitely had a game plan. Um, I think ETN Camara, uh, we were going to smash that start, uh, and, and just send waves through the league here. I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to talk you into Debo live on air here, uh, as he just signed his contract. Matt, you on board with the Debo Samuel pick at the 301 here? I think Matt's gone Matt. silent on us. Has he gone silent? Like He's gone silent. He's gone silent on us. You know, I oh, yeah. have I have a question. I have a question for Mike. Mike, is the GameStop behind you open? Uh, yeah, it, it it's definitely well stocked. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's quite open, but but it's, we, it's we, not open, huh? And and. Um, would Marku be the imbrued fang of your team? Would would that be sort of how he would be defined? I mean, you you tell me, Farrell. <laughs> what, what, what do you think? That I don't know. He looks a, the part. I think he it's a boomer part. reference. I don't even know what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> we just don't know. Look, I'm 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 back. Uh, no, I was as I was saying, uh, Debo. I was at the the playoff game when the 49ers trounced the Packers, and it it hurts me to go Debo, but I saw him play live and that, that guy's a hell of a football player. So I, I I'm going to vote with my, uh, my brain here and Mike's Mike's the tiebreaker against my heart. Matt was the only concern you had with Samuel was this, was this outstanding contract situation between him and the team. And now you're full steam ahead with Samuel. 
as I told, as I said in my uh, my last appearance here, I'm not, you know, money is an indicator, but I I don't use that as like a primary factor. For me, it's just the the quarterback situation. Like, how much do I believe in Trey Lance? Um, does does some of his his scrambling running potential take away from designed runs for Debo? It, it's hard to say. That's more the scenario that it's just it's just challenging to read. Um, I think I think there's a lot of there's boom or bust in the San Francisco offense. I, I hope Debo is the boom this year uh, for the sake of this league. Hey, guys. Um, and, and let me pitch this to you, Mike. You, you mentioned the Camara pick on air. You get it sounds like you guys are of the belief with we found out that his hearing got pushed back again today. Are you guys of the belief that Camara just is if he's going to be suspended, it'll be 2023 and you're not concerned about it this year? Yeah, I do. And and that's been from early on. We've uh, just kind of seen the writing on the wall. Um, and it's no matter what, I mean, lo- looking at some of the players that are available here in the third, um, Kamara, if he's not suspended, belongs at the very least, I think, uh, at the one-two turn. So playing for the upside really depends on the league. Don't want an absolute ton of exposure, but this definitely helps having, I think, some clarity on it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm surprised that he actually didn't get pushed up in this draft. My expectation was he was going to kind of probably get taken where ETN did. Um, so it was a surprise to kind of surprised to see him fall as far as he did. Matt, you've, uh, you've co-owned teams with Mike uh, a lot in the FFPC main event. Um, we know that you guys work well together as a team. You've been successful as a team in the main event, but what, what do you think was the biggest challenge that you guys either already got over the biggest obstacle you've got passed through co you know you know that that comes because of co-ownership or are you still working through it what's what's been the biggest challenge what's been the hardest part about co-owning a team even with a guy uh in in mike stanowski who you obviously get along with you think the same way what's been the most difficult part for you yeah i wouldn't say we think the same way i think what helps is we both we both follow we both can follow a process both in both the narrative process and a stats process and be able to kind of to marry the two um we still have a couple things i think we're ironing out i think in the especially in the the second round i think we're going back and forth more on a couple guys so it's been fortunate in this early season that a lot of our drafts have fallen in similar similar places so uh so we haven't really argued as we've been drafting but there's still a couple of guys we're um looking to resolve and uh, I will say, you know, Mike and I, we have some drafts together. We have some drafts apart um, so that we can, you know, play different theories and philosophies. So we're not just hammering, you know, the same uh, the same 20 to 30 guys every year. So I think that's uh, that's the healthy the healthy balance we, we have is that we get to have our own rooms in the house, so to speak. Right. Where <laughs> that can be uh, his man cave versus my man cave. Um, I'm, I'm trying to find this right now, Matt, um, as I look at, because we had the early draft slot announcement, um, with the FFPC main event on Sunday afternoon. And I'm looking at, I don't mind. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So you ended up getting, um, what did you, I'm on the corner. So I've got a one, I've got, I've been five teams, two of them with Mike, uh, one with another friend of ours, uh, uh, iron, iron Falcon, John Burdecka. But we've got a one, a three, two tens, and eleven. So we're on the corners. Okay. Um, yeah. So nothing in the middle this year, which would be interesting um, for for the prep for prep. But it makes it easier in some ways, right? So you don't have to you don't have to debate every player. You can you can focus on some of the key guys. All right, guys. Uh, you've been very gracious to, with your time. I know I've held on to you a little bit longer than I said I would, but we will follow Mike. We will follow you on Twitter at Mike Stanowski. Matt, we will follow you on Twitter at Matt Marcoux. Uh, gentlemen, good luck in the pros versus Joe's. Good luck in the main event this year, and thanks for making 
uh, this draft and our show part of your evening. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank Thanks you guys. So much. Appreciate it. Awesome stuff. <laughs> awesome stuff um, from from both Matt uh, and uh, and Mike. They're drafting in the one spot tonight. Um, good. I mean, and this is what it's all about, right? We love having um, we love having the, um, the the guests pop on and talk about their drafts. Um, it, I'm I'm always a big fan of that. Sometimes we don't get them, and sometimes they come in bunches, right? You just you just never know what you're going to have. And as a result, I want to get into um, our next player tonight. Now, if you have noticed him um, in your Football Guys draft room, that is no surprise since he has been playing in a ton of Football Guys. He's playing in a ton of main events as well, and he's here drafting tonight. A high-stakes, a self-proclaimed high-stakes <laughs> fantasy football enthusiast and data analytics nerd. You just saw him on this program roughly a month or so ago, maybe a little bit less than that. You follow him on Twitter at IrishCEO1337. We will bring him on right now if I can. I'm going to try right now if I can. There we go. There he is, Shane Wingard, ladies and gentlemen. Number, How's it going? Number hey, uh, thanks for having me back. <laughs> number 11 on the draft board, number one in your heart, sporting the Steelers helmet. We love it. Tonight, you are four rounds in, my friend. Najee Harris, I'm, Joe Mixon, Michael Pittman, DJ Moore. How do you like it so far? Uh, I'm loving it so far. I'm just glad you didn't have me on before so they could see the Steelers helmet. They would have known I was going to take Najee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It was all by design. I, if, I can mask, if I can mask stuff, I will uh, on this program. What, you got to be happy with Najee Harris falling to you there. And we talked about this. Yeah. Um, you're not concerned with the being the foot being stepped on today either, right, Shane? No. I watch all the camp reports for every team. So it was, it was just a you know pretty minor injury. Did you – how did you sort of – and I know it's difficult to kind of guess what you're going to have at the 11 spot in an FFPC draft because so much stuff can happen. But um, you have done a, a lot of football guys drafts. You kind of know how the first few rounds go. Did you kind of plan on Harrison Mixon, or was it not part no. of your plan tonight to get either one of those guys? Yeah, so usually I was only able to see Harris fall that far on the earlier drafts. This is, you know, May and June. I don't think I've seen him fall to the 11 spot at all in the mm. past month. Um, so I was very happy with that. Usually you can, you know, account for Mixon around there. Um, but, yeah, I was very happy I was able to grab both of them. I did not see that coming. Yeah, Najee yeah. Harris – Go ahead, Farrell. I got a question for you. You know, um, uh, Dave Turp and I are, are in agreement of this, uh, that, that Harris, that his natural home will probably end up being around 11. I think that's what Turp said last night. I've been spending more on Turp. I take him earlier in the first round. Congratulations. Mixon, we've talked about enough. You got a gift when Pittman fell to you. As, yeah, as I've also as never seen him. That's just usually, usually mid or even early. Uh, so then yeah. we get in the fourth round, and I want to ask you: You took DJ Moore before Mike Williams. Uh, I wouldn't have done that. Why did you do it? He so Mike Williams. I was thinking about him as well. Um, I I just I, I like DJ Moore. You know, he's the wide receiver one on the team. Um, obviously, Mike Williams is on a more explosive offense overall. So kind of even out. So I don't know. I was kind of going back and forth between those two and one or two other picks. Uh, so I just uh, ended up pulling the trigger. <laughs> okay. So, and Shane, this is kind of weird for you because you, you didn't expect Harris. You didn't expect Pittman. And and now as you're, you know, 20% of this draft is done now, 
you got to be wondering, man, what the heck else are these pros capable of? <laughs> I'm used to drafting against these Joes, but these pros are kind of throwing a monkey wrench into this. Yes. And it can be a good thing. It can be a bad thing because when you can predict what you think people will choose, you can kind of hone your strategy in mid draft. But when people, you know, go a little early based on ADP to get their guys, you know, sometimes it throws a wrench into plan. <laughs> um, Shane, we have seen, uh, and one of the things uh, that, that the YouTube users and the Facebook ch uh, chatters have continued to say that they're surprised with, and we, and we see it, we've seen it every single night is the lack is naked quarterbacks, you know, quarterbacks being drafted without stacks, maybe you form a stack with them later. How do you sort of approach that here? Are, are, is that something that you're looking to do when you're looking at drafting a receiver or a quarterback, or is that something that you don't really concern yourself with? If it happens, it happens. Uh, in best ball, if I'm in a tournament, I absolutely concern myself with that. That's more of a priority than a singular league. Um, however, you know, I still think it's, it's one less thing that has to go right, you know, uh, you know, to have a, you know, top receiver hitting their, you know, the touchdown every week with their quarterback. Um, but I'm not going to reach an ADP for that, for that stack. Um, not in a single league in a tournament. I might just because you want to, you know, get those points bunched together. Uh, we're talking with Shane Wingard here, uh, drafting from the 11 spot tonight. The CEO squad drafted by the Irish CEO here tonight. He of uh, numerous football guys and main event teams this year. Were you happy with uh, where you found out you're drafting in the main event, Shane? Uh, I actually did not get my <laughs> – I did not you pay did for get... everything on time. Oh. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Welcome to the club. Yeah, no, 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 hold on. Do so... I – maybe I don't have it here. Okay. All right. Well, that's so fine. I, I, I paid for two, but I paid after and then Got it. I'm paying for another six or seven. Are you hoping like since you've drafted a bunch of football guys, has there been a favorite spot for you this year in drafts? I like being in the middle just because you can go with the flow of the draft. I never go into a draft with a plan ever. Um, I try to take what the draft gives you. If people start going heavy, you know, running back, I pivot and get the best value out of wide receivers, you know, and vice versa. Um, I try to draft based on value and try to try to get the best ADP value. Farrell, then again, volume, I try to mix it up as well. You know, if I'm like, oh, I'm going way too running back heavy with all my football guys, I got to mix it up a little bit. Then I might go in with a little bit of a plan. <laughs> Farrell, you have always been uh, a fan of the middle too, right? In drafts? Well, I, I will be this year because I got a five and six and a one. So I'm going to, I'm going to live in the middle. Um, you know the, the fellows, uh, Marku and uh, and and Mike, uh, they mentioned how how really good it is to sit at the ends when you're playing partners, and I I can appreciate that. And sometimes if you get in your own head with guys, it's easier to line up two uh, that you want. You can kind of direct maybe what's happening with some of your opponents. But in the middle, it's a long wait. It's it's a long wait till you get to do your thing. But I'll. I'll live with it. And, you know, in, in the middle here in this draft would be uh, very, very fortunate. And and I will announce uh, on the credit rating of the Irish CEO that he's been paid up in Kentucky now for two years. You know, he's just, he, he, we're just waiting to get you to, to click, you know, so you're in good, you're in good standing over here, sir, but you won't find out your draft spot until you get here. So, <laughs> which, which is true of any, any uh, Kentucky uh, live, uh, uh, live main event player. Um, so Shane, Pittman and Moore in the third and fourth, both of those guys are getting the ball thrown to them by quarterbacks that are going to go late in this draft, or they should go later 
relatively later in this draft. Does that change your quarterback approach when you're thinking about drafting a quarterback? Does that change at all with Pittman and Moore there? Not necessarily. So in best ball, I a little bit, I guess. So I like to either base my second or third quarterback choice based on how early I grab one. So if I grab somebody really elite, I might only go two quarterback, you know, um, if I grab somebody like Josh Allen, who's already been in grabbed, you know, I probably won't grab three, but you know, if I decide to wait a little bit, then I, I try to, you know, grab a stack uh, with one of the lesser receivers like this and try to mix them in with like a semi elite talent. Um, we are coming up. We're about eh, three picks away from you right now, Shane. Um, we already have six tight ends off the board within the first 40 picks of the draft. Does this, are, are you looking at tight end here? Are you looking to add on maybe at running back or receiver? Only two quarterbacks off the board. Would you look, be looking at a quarterback? What are you sort of thinking here as um, your opponents are watching you right now to figure out what you're going to be doing? Yeah, I think I, you know, at FFPC, you always got to think about tight ends, right? <laughs> so, you know, you don't want to be left once uh, the scarcity of those top top tight ends kind of goes down. But uh, you know, I really wasn't expecting this many to be off the board this quickly. So that's definitely a position of interest. Um, kind of going back and forth because I could kind of go everywhere because I'm kind of balanced at running back and wide receiver. So it, it's just kind of whatever value falls to me, to be honest. What's... Um... When you uh, when you look at this draft right now, and I know you're you're picking here shortly, is there anything else that stands out besides the tight ends going early in this draft tonight to you, Shane? Uh, I think there there's a couple picks that were kind of quite early in the first uh, two or three rounds. Uh, I was a little surprised, but again, you know, go and get your guys. I think what was it? Right. Uh, Travis Etienne was picked pretty pretty. Uh, two ten tonight. Yep. Yeah, I've never seen that actually. It's not early enough. <laughs> According to Turp, not early enough for it sure. It could Travis be. Eaton. It could be. You know, I'm not. I, I'm not hating it. Um, you know, especially with he already has that chemistry with Lawrence, um, and he's got the pass catch, catching chops we all know from Clemson. I, I mean, he really could tear it up. So, average ADP of the 307 in FFPC best ball tournaments as running back 15. He was running back 12 tonight. We shout out Fantasy Mojo at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter. FantasyMojo.com, who will be drafting in this competition tomorrow. Shane, you're on the clock. Tell us what you're thinking here at 5'11". Uh, I decided not to give too much away, and I ended up do or I ended up going with an elite quarterback. <laughs> so I'm just kind of fly off the board a little earlier than I'm used to, but I guess in basketball, usually that happens. So decided to get in on that. <laughs> okay, so now, now your rear end is showing here. Everybody knows no. you have Mahomes. So now what does this do with the um, the – Sky Moore's and the Marquez Valdez Scantlings and picks like that, maybe McCole Hardman later. Are th do those guys become targets or, or is it just, I'm not going to target them. They happen to get to me. Yeah. I'll look at them. Uh, a little bit of both. What I like about Mahomes is all of his targets are way later, uh, you know, in the draft. So I can kind of sit back, see how my team strengths are. You know, if I'm really light a wide receiver, I can target the stacks. You know, if I'm already set there, I can kind of pivot and go somewhere else um joe burrow goes with the pick after um no surprise well i mean i guess somewhat of a surprise there considering that um bob lung only has Devonte adams as a receiver he goes with joe burrow as the fifth quarterback off the board and then chris godwin you're back on the clock shane what are you thinking here uh well i guess i could talk about it a little bit since i'm going to pick one i'm yep. definitely looking at wide receiver here um i'm thinking i'm gonna go with the wide receiver one for the bears 
I love his target share. You know, he shares that 14 bye week with Pittman, but uh, I think he's going to get at least 130, 140 targets, if not more. Uh, I think they're going to funnel that whole offense through him and their tight end. So, and and Terp, you hate that pick, obviously, right? Love every second of it. <laughs> <laughs> not saying that'll make him win, fantasy wise. Every great. second of it, all in on the Bears. Um, Shane, we will continue to follow you on Twitter at Irish CEO thirteen thirty seven. Good luck the rest of this draft. Good right. luck in the main event. Hopefully, you cash that million dollars this year. Maybe the five hundred grand in the Football Guys Players Championship right. as well. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so much Thanks for hopping aboard. Awesome stuff, yeah. man. Thank you. Shane Wingard, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, Irish CEO, popping in to make a few picks, a couple of picks on the air. Off to a strong start there, guys. Um, we'll get to our next guest in a couple minutes here as he is in the green room right now, enjoying the hors d'oeuvres and beverages we put out for him while he waits to make his appearance on the show. But guys, is and I know we've fallen behind on the picks, but we're 60 picks in, 64 picks in. Farrell, is, something, is anything standing out to you in this draft? Because we, we talked about the the tight ends, five tight ends off the board in the first 40 picks. Um, we talked about the Travis Etienne pick. Is there anything else uh, that you see that that you think the listeners and viewers should be aware of here as we uh, go headstrong into the sixth round here? Uh, let's go to the third round. Um, maybe they're listening to us talk on the show. Last night <laughs> I said Higgins should be in the middle of the third round. And there he is. Uh, he's he's moved, dropped all the way from the second round. Uh, Terp, you said something about Keenan Allen. Last night, I think he was 3-2 last night as well. And I see a lot of excellent receivers passed over for Keenan Allen. I appreciate Keenan Allen, but I think he's an end of the third, beginning of the fourth round pick. And um, the, yeah, those are, that's, that's what I'm on early. Tyreek Hill seems to settle. I'm still surprised that uh, Gabriel Davis, uh, is in the middle of the fifth round, and I'm glad he is because uh, uh, that bodes well for the wide receivers that I want to draft in the same area. And it looks like Sutton, looks like Sutton, guys, is just going to keep climbing. Uh, Terp, any favorite teams uh, that you see when you look at these boards now that everybody has at least five players on their squad? Any team standing out as really good, strong starts that you like that you would be a fan of if you had that team? Both of our guests so far are extremely solid. Um, I really like what one did, really like what 11 did. Besides them, seven is a team I'm a fan of. There's not really any team that I would say is in solid through through six rounds except for Team 12. Really have no idea what they're doing. Too many running backs for me. Joe Burrow, naked with no nobody with them. Chris Godwin's a question. That team's not for me. All right, so that's not for you. But what's interesting is the three teams you, you singled out was obviously Marku and Stanowski from the one spot, obviously Shane Wingard from the 11, and then the seven spot is former main event champion Phil Hooten, who was drafting there, probably with his uncle Jerry, I would guess. I can't say that for sure, but that'd be my guess there. Let's talk and let's bring on another FFPC, Joe. He's drafting from the nine spot tonight, ladies and gentlemen. He is the Hurricane on Twitter at No Logistics. It is John Hurd. Welcome into the program, my friend. It is so good to uh, to have you on again. And I don't know why you're not showing up here. Let's try to bring you on again. And still getting a black. There you go, John Hurd, ladies and gentlemen. John, welcome in, man. What's up, guys? Love the t-shirt. <laughs> hey, look, you got to so, John. Don't love the Derrick Henry pick, though. All right, so we'll get into that in a second. Before we get into your draft, John, is are you drafting with Bo tonight, your your co-manager? 
No, so I'm not drafting with Bo tonight. I am drafting with a good friend of mine. Uh, Bo's actually taking it taking it off this year with me with the FFPC. So I picked up a, a Jedi. I won't disclose his name, but uh, he's a really good horse player. If any of you guys like horses, he might be known as the okay. best horse player on the planet. So, uh, you know, I, I decided to try to go a different route this year and see what happens. Well, we're, we're, so let's talk about – now, Terp's not a huge fan of Derrick Henry at the 109 for you tonight. When you were looking at the board after the first eight picks went off, um, why was Henry the selection that you thought made the most sense for this squad? Man, he – honestly, uh, it's just because he's a beast and he's reliable. Uh, that's my main reason why. I mean, his – look, he had surgery, whatever. But uh, with Derrick Henry, and if he's just – he's going to give me the production I need in the first round. So, I mean, that, that was really the pick because I think he's going to be the offense. Um, John, also, you get uh, Josh Allen in the third. Are you looking to pair him up with some bills later on in the draft? I'm going to be bad, baby. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. I, I'm it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he might be having some connection issue with John here. Looks that way. Yeah, yeah. John, let me um let me pop you out for right now. Um, and we will come back to you here shortly. Uh, because I want to make sure that you guys get get ample time to to make your next pick here. But we definitely want to revisit. And obviously, um, John going not one of two teams tonight, and you can make the case one of three teams with Hawkinson now going in the sixth round. One of three teams. And uh, I, well, quite frankly, one of four teams. Guys, I, I'm just picking up on this right now. We have four teams, Farrell, with quarterback and tight end through the first six rounds. I don't think we've seen that in the first four drafts, have we? Mm, no, I don't think we have. The yeah. stack is becoming the rule. Hey, uh, Terp, I've got an idea that I'd like to ask you. Um, Go for it. You don't like Team 12, and I know why. <laughs> what can Team 12 do w- – if if you were if if you were to be tag teamed and you would come in to draft, don't you think there's receivers out there that could rescue this team, and that he would have an advantage at the running back positions? I, I know without talking about the individual players, I I think you're down on all those players except Cook. But don't you think there's enough receiver volume uh, available in this draft for him to stay? There's definitely plenty of receiver volume available. It's just there's just so many picks that if they were just one guy, like for instance, it's Elliott and Connor. If that was Sutton and Mike Williams, this team looks totally different. So many more options. I feel like you're kind of stuck right now because you have Chris Godwin as your number two receiver when pretty much everybody's stacking receivers. And there's a lot of questions surrounding him. The talent's there, obviously, but you, you still don't know if he's going to be 100% to start the season. Right. That That's that's up to now, and I understand that. So I'm saying who's next? You I mean, see we, we've that- talked about plenty of guys. The Sky Moores, the Traylon Burks, the Kadarius Tonys, Christian Kirks. Yeah, not he's Alan got Lazard. two picks coming up, seven and eight. Who would you spend them on? That's what I want to know. Well, if, if, if it's me coming up. That's who it is. Kadarius Tony would be one. I don't think you can draft it yet. That's easy. And and probably Traylon Burks. I, you know, you know, he's my guy. 
He's a guy that I've been drafting pretty much every single day and will be drafting every single day until the season starts. They would be my two picks. So he Do would I be think the first they could save pick. He, he would be the first pick of the eighth round. Is that how, how far is that above his, his ADP? My guess well, is around a round and a half. Okay. And this is for Burks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Traylon Burks in this format, wide receiver 42 at the 902 on average. Yeah. Ooh, so that's, yeah he's, he's, that's a good place for him. So let me ask you just, and then I'll get off this. I just, of course. It, let me know what you love about Burks because I'm going to go back and look at the film and look for it because I, I appreciate your opinion and respect your decision making. And I want to win our bet. And I'm I'm not nervous about winning our bet, but I'm nervous that I might be overlooking something on Burks, and maybe I should add him to some of my teams. Would you I mean, please he tell me everything you're looking for in, in a receiver? What number is? one? AJ Brown's not there anymore. Opportunity, okay. Talent, speed, draft capital. Realistically, not many guys behind him. Robert Woods coming off an injury. He's still a very very good NFL receiver. Not discounting him at all. No real tight end option. I mean, Alston Hooper is questionable in some people's eyes. And a team that teams will try to stack the box and beat and, and let Ryan Tannehill beat them this year. There's no fear factor of A.J. Brown. He's going to get plenty of opportunity on the outside, plenty of speed. He's having a great camp so far. Not that means anything because they're in shorts. So it's hard to take that, you know, for what it is. But all positive, you know, since the little hiccups early about the conditioning, Right. Everything since then has been positive. In my opinion, he's only going to move up higher in drafts. He's definitely a guy that we know I like him, but yeah. the opportunity is so high. There's you nobody watched, behind him. When you watched him in college ball and then going through the scouting and the draft process. He was my number two that, receiver coming out of the draft. That's when you fell. Okay, very good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I feel like we uh, we got some a lot of Burke stuff uh, out of the way here, guys, and that was very therapeutic. And, and for everyone involved, I think we all appreciate it. But what people would also appreciate is John Hurd oh, coming back into up. the broadcast right now. We're going to bring John Hurd back in right now. Hopefully the connection's a little bit better and the Internet gods will cooperate. As John is on the clock right now, John, what are you thinking here at the 710? Man, I'll, I'll Tony Pollard. Yeah, Tony, Tony Pollard, Pollard here. I don't like Go Zeke. Ahead. I think Zeke is hurt, and you know, I think that if he does, and my my bet is right, I'll have a starter in Pollard. John, five tight ends were off the board, and then when it came back to you at the four hundred four, you took Dalton Schultz. Was that a reaction to to you sensing that maybe the tight ends would get pushed up a little bit more tonight than they had in previous pros versus Joe's? Yeah, I just felt that a lot of tight ends were going to go, and that was the reason for it. That's exactly right. I mean. Look, I, I've been at this game a long time, as you know. I mean, in, in 2012, uh, I was in the lead for the FBC, and on the last weekend, I lost it. Um, you know, I, it's just unfortunate. I had a guy get hurt at halftime, and, uh, you know, I, I, I squandered down to the top 10, but, you know, I had a chance to win it uh, two years ago. I was in 15th uh, overall in the uh, you know, in the FFPC last year, I should have been um, in the FFPC. I should have finished 15th again. I want to finish in third in the consolation because Tyler Bass missed the field goal in the wind against New England. And all I needed was three oh, yeah. points to get into the FFPC. Oh. And I'd have been finished 15th the last two years. And But it's okay. You know, I'll take third in consolation. I had a chance to win that. Right. And uh, 
you know, just just some bad beats uh, with FFPC over the years. But, um, you know, it's I love drafting. I, I could do this in my sleep. It, it's really not too much preparation when you when you follow football. And, you know, I bet on football, you know, as well. I've, I've played the Super Contest in Vegas and Circa and I've finished in the top 100 nose. Um, I finished in the top 10 online in the uh, bet online uh, Super Contest. So, you know, I've been around playing this for a while. And so, and I, now you know, I feel like I'm comfortable and I know football. Yeah, and you do. And let, and show the listeners and viewers why uh, you know football here at the 804. You already have three running backs. You already have a couple of receivers. Quarterback and tight end are taken care of. Where are you adding on to this roster here, John? Yeah, you know, right here, I, I think I'm just going to have to go receiver. I'll probably shock some people with this pick. But I'm going down to New Orleans where my hometown is, and I'm taking Chris Olave, baby. Because he's been a All beast. Right. Damn. All right. So this is interesting now with, with Olave going off the board. We saw Michael Thomas go in the sixth round tonight. We had a Jameis Winston discussion on the program last night, John. Why is Olave the guy for you in New Orleans this year? He's he's just the talent is that good? or or the, Yeah, the, the man, I watched a lot of training camp, and uh, especially back home, and I got some inside information because one of my friends is an exec for the Saints. So, I mean – you know, they really like this guy. They're big on him. So I'm big on him. Have, and so Olave here goes in the eighth round. Could be a potential league winner here, too. Amon Ross St. Brown came on at the end of last year. and Even with the addition of Jamison Williams, you felt Amon Ross St. Brown is going to continue that domination, and that's why you made him your pick at the 509, right? Yeah, he, he, he played really well last year, and that's exactly why I did that. You know, I'm looking for a receiver position for high flyers that have speed and that are reliable like Thielen. Um, I don't think Thielen had as good a year he could have had last year. Obviously, for you know, he's, he's got Jefferson back there. But, I mean, I'll, I'll, take, I'll go back to the bank on Thielen for sure. And, you know, that's why in this draft I went running back, running back to kind of stack it. And then I just took the best quarterback and took the best available tight end at that point with all the other tight ends getting taken. I just didn't want to fall, let Josh Allen fall to the fourth round. Uh, that's basically why I did that, you know. Um, so I have a question John, for my guy, Ferrell. Ferrell, you, yeah, you're a horse ahead. player, huh? No, horse I've been known to be, sir. My 2017 God. Always Dreaming was my best score ever, and I, I've sort of retired after that one because I knew I could never replicate it. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I actually – I've uh, been to Jefferson Park before on many a day. So I'm, I'm going to give you this. I had never been to Kentucky Derby in my life. I show up, and a good friend of mine, maybe he might be in my ear right now, we showed up to the uh, Kentucky Derby. He was friends with the California Chrome Contingency, and we ended up in the winner's circle. And that was the first time I've ever been to Kentucky Derby. And I had two cell phones in my pocket. You know, we're on national television. My phones are blowing up. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the winner's circle, baby. And then uh, the next time I went, uh, the, the Saints uh, – you know, God, God rest his soul. Mr. Benson had two horses in a race and it was the only other time I went to the Kentucky Derby and I ended up in the uh, mansion. And if y'all don't know what the mansion is, it's the highest level of the Kentucky Derby. It's a $15,000 buy in a day. And a buddy of mine gave me tickets to get in and wound up making picks and the Saints owners were there and I hung out with them. But it was just an unbelievable experience. So Good I mean, those things are my two... always happen in Kentucky, Hurricane. Oh, you got to tell you. 
I, I got to tell you, awesome. yeah, showing up, and I love your hometown of New Orleans, Louisiana. There's no better place in the world. So we are uh, we we can exchange our our love of of those two destinations because. Well, you should follow me on Twitter because I play horse tournaments. There's a there's a contest, the NAC, and a, in uh, there's a tour for horse players. Uh, the oh, Breeders' Cup Betting Challenge. Uh, I actually shot the pilot for the show Horse Players with the guy in my ear, and uh, I'm giving a lot of secrets out right now on who's in my <laughs> ear. And he was on the show, and uh, he was one of the main characters, and um, that's how I met him. And you know, the history was history, but he. He won the world championships, the world, the the World Series. Uh, so he's really good horse player. So I've kind of taught him what I know about fantasy football. He's taught me about horses, and uh, we've kind of combined uh, our knowledge on that and done really well with this. You can't stop a hurricane of knowledge, sir. No, no sir. Yeah. No, and, sir. Y'all got to be a student. Yes. And, and bringing the, the horse world and the fantasy football world together is just one of the many things we accomplish here in the high stakes fantasy. Yeah. And you got to, and you also got to, you know, like we played in the DraftKings betting challenge. We did all right now. We were in the top 10. It was the inaugural one up in New Jersey. So we, we've done a lot of fun things with different sports. So it's good to see that, you know, we got a feral in here. Who's a, who's a fellow horseman. Yeah. You, you in the winner's circle get to know each other very well at every venue you attend. So, yeah, keep getting out there, brother. I like it, man. Follow John on Twitter at No Logistics. John, good luck the rest of the way and in the main event this year, man. Thanks for popping. Hey, up guys, I appreciate that. Who that, baby? Who yeah, that, one, indeed? Man. The Hurricane, John Hurd, joining us on the program tonight. There's a guy oh, who loves to live. Bro. Yeah, he, he sure loves does. to live. Exactly. Giving us a lot of reasons, too, uh, tonight. So, guys, we are now through um, through eight rounds here. At well, why don't you recap the draft, Balky? Yeah, all right. So where did I leave off here? Okay, so just about 70 picks to go through here. And, and I would like to say we're going to get back to it, but the guest line just keeps popping off tonight. I want to bring in uh, one of the OGs of high-stakes fantasy football now, a guy who's been doing it before I even knew what high-stakes fantasy football was, one of the most accomplished high-stakes players I know, a guy who's won a boatload of FFPC leagues, football guys leagues, and he uh, welcomes, or we want to welcome him into the program tonight. It is the one, the only, oh, and I says I screw up on my computer right now. It is the one, the only Lou Tranquilly popping aboard tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Lou Tranquilly, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, let's drafting, go. Drafting from the third spot tonight. Okay, first question is an easy one here, Lou. How do you rate your draft here? Eight picks in. Oh, my team sucks. Are you kidding? Like, what? <laughs> Everybody else is, you know, just wailing away at me. I got hate receivers. What are you doing? I'm on the clock right now, so let's. Yeah, see what are you doing, doing here, Lou? With this pick, this is the 903 pick tonight. Three running backs, a couple of receivers, a couple of tight ends, and a quarterback. What are you thinking here? Uh, I am actually thinking another quarterback, although uh, I don't want to give away any secrets. You know, I was just listening to your previous guest, and I apologize, I didn't catch his name, but uh, because I, I, I was so focused on the draft. But I just want to say that I went to Saratoga racetrack a week or so ago, and I lost a bunch of money there, too. So I suck at that as well. Um, oh. You know what? I really wanted the quarterback, but I think I'm going to take a, uh, a wide receiver just um, just for the hell of it. Here we go. Um, you know, the guys, I, I've got the excellent ADP up here from our, our friend, uh, Fantasy oh, Mojo. Oh, and, oh, uh, oh, oh, Jesus. Why him? <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, that won't hurt you. Calm down here. I think I have I was so excited to have you on the show tonight, and you come, on, you, you come on and you take Alan Lazard. 
I did. I did it. Yeah, he is. I mean, he is a polished turd. There's no doubt about it. As fan as receivers go, there's no doubt. No doubt. But uh, you know, he's got a halfway decent quarterback throwing the football, uh, and, and he's you know he's a halfway decent wide receiver on a team that's desperate for even a halfway decent wide receiver, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I just I look at Green Bay and think they're they're not they're not changing what they're doing. They're throwing the football because the best player on the team is the quarterback. So you don't hand the ball off, you know, 50 times a game. Uh, so I do. I actually like Alan Lazard. Um, I, I'm one of those people. Ninth so round Lazard is way better than sixth round Lazard. Well, who the hell took him in the sixth round? No one tonight because you haven't well, in, the him in the ninth. What do you give me a grief for? Yeah, you know, I mean that's what that's what I'm here for to give you grief. Yeah, you know what, Terp, and you always can as well. You know, and, and by the job. way, it is great to see the three of you on screen. You know, Bulky, I've got a great picture of 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 a of a someone with a similar beard um, that I really would love to share with everybody. But uh, from the Civil War era, because that uh, it is not. Really no, no, it's more yeah. recent than that. But uh, right. so. Anyway, um, the so Etienne look, pick was uh, Etienne uh, seems to have uh, elicited some some scoffing. I'll tell you what, uh, I can't believe I got Jonathan Taylor at uh, third overall because it would have been DeAndre Swift if it, were, if it weren't uh, Jonathan Taylor. So I was just going to ask you that question. You said yeah. you were going to be surprised at three if it wasn't Taylor or Cup. Yeah, the one that got the surprise was me. I'm I, I'm stunned by that. Hey, and you know I I've always said uh, as part of being a high stakes player and of course giving advice all all those years ago uh you take who you like uh you know player player preference is not anything if you will to comment on so christian mccaffrey and cooper cup i mean you know seem seem like pretty great picks to me as well i'm just glad i got jonathan taylor at the third spot so lou let's talk about that start because obviously you're thrilled to get taylor we you talked about the etn pick obviously so knowing you already have those two running backs what was the thought process on adding a third one right away at 303 and Nick Chubb? Well, uh, it's A, it's Nick Chubb. Uh, I mean, the first six weeks look like they're pretty well set to be you know, the Nick Chubb show, along with uh, Kareem Hunt. Uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett is a better NFL quarterback than me, uh, and, I'll, and I'll give him that. Um, and we'll leave it sure right there. That? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Yes, I am sure about that much. But I don't know that he's going to be more than a uh, hold the fort guy for the first six weeks. So with that, I just, you know, I figured uh, why not take Nick Chubb? He's an excellent running back, obviously. So I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I wanted three running backs, if you will, that I believe uh, if I didn't draft another running back tonight uh, could carry the team. And, and I think uh, between Taylor and Chubb, you're looking at, I mean, if, if things go well, you could be looking at 600 carries between the mm-hmm. two of them. Uh, throw in uh, uh, Travis there, and you could be looking at you know, 75 receptions from the young man. I, I think that's a that's a solid start. I don't usually take three of any uh, specific uh, position to start any drafts, simply because I will be wrong about one of them. Uh, that's that's just seems that's a, a highly anecdotal statement. Nothing scientific about it, uh, but but in the past, I've I, I, I'll say seen that it just doesn't necessarily work out that way. Lou, have you, uh, I mean, I know you went Lamar Jackson, Rashad Bateman, back-to-back picks. Do you do that in, in football guys drafts and main event where you hunt stacks when you're sort of, you're not really on the turn here, but you're pretty close where you can, you look at the board and you're like, oh, I could get this quarterback and his number one receiver here. I'm all over that. Is that something that you look for? 
if I can make it happen bulky, I do. Uh, especially, you know, I, I Lamar and and, and Bateman, uh, of course, the 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 conversation is around how much they're going to run the football. But newsflash for everyone, and I think uh, all these uh, great drafters in the room tonight know this already. But for everyone else, the Ravens are actually going to throw the football in 2022. Mm. They will do it. Um, and, uh, you know, somebody other than Mark Andrews will catch a pass. And I think that's going to be Rashad Bateman. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you send off uh, Marquise Brown to uh, Arizona and uh, you leave last year's, uh, I think it was a first round pick, wasn't he last year? Yeah, you leave yeah. him alone. Well, uh, I mean, why not stand on top of the roof and, roof and say, we're going to throw the ball to Rashad Bateman. It seems pretty easy to me. So, yes, is the answer. If I can stack like that, I'll do it. I don't go looking for it, but if I can make it happen like I did, uh, to me, that's that's um, just a no-brainer. So, Lou, um, one of the questions we have in the YouTube chat is from uh, Matt Bingham right now, and he wants to know if you're concerned that um, your the three receivers you have on your team um, so suck. far all play on yes. potential. <laughs> he didn't say suck, uh, but they all play on, on potentially low-volume pass offenses. Now, you already – talked about you believe the Packers are still going to throw this year because they have Aaron Rodgers. You talked a little bit about Rashad Bateman and how, um, you know, with no Marquise Brown there, somebody besides Mark Andrews has to catch the football and it's Bateman and then Claypool as well uh, in the eighth round. We know Farrell loves Chase Claypool, but, but what are your concerns with three guys who are not on, let's just say, not the most elite passing attacks in the NFL right now? Well, uh, you know, I don't know. You have the NFL MVP is throwing the football to one of my wide receivers, uh, and using uh, Doug Orth at FF Today's stats because he's in the draft room, so we have to properly respect him. And they've always done a great job. Packers were seventh in wide receiver points scored last year. Not so bad. Uh, I can handle that. Uh, Ravens, uh, you know, not not great. 20th, but I'll take it. Scored 30 points on average per week. Uh, and then uh, who's my third wide receiver? I don't even remember. I'm looking at a different Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool, it's, yeah. Yeah, Chase Claypool. So, I love Deontay Johnson. I, uh, uh, he's on a couple of dynasty teams. I think Chase Claypool, year three in the league. Uh, they've talked about some maturity issues. They've they've talked about bringing him along. They've they've drafted some replacements in case he completely whiffs. I don't think he whiffs. I I, I think the Steelers are going to need Chase Claypool to be a good football player, and he is a good football player. So uh, sure, are they low volume uh, passing offenses? They are. But I would also state that last year with Big Ben, uh, the Steelers wide receivers had 250 receptions. They were 12th in the league in wide receiver points, scored 36 and a half a game. I like Chase Claypool to get 15 of those and have a couple of blow up weeks in here. So I, I just think the wide receiver position uh, and we all have um, the misery known as Jeff Fisher to thank for this has become a real wide receiver by committee uh, on a lot of uh a lot of NFL teams, uh, it's, it's really uh, difficult, but that also provides value for a lot of these players that aren't the Chase, uh, Jamar Chase, or uh, I, Justin Jefferson. I know how much everybody likes him, but bottom line is that he's got a really good wide receiver uh, across from an Adam Thielen as well. So, you know, I, I just think the wide receiver position is, uh, in one man's opinion, a tad overvalued. The 
these mm. days. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Lou, you are on deck here. Uh, we just talked about your squad here. Three receivers. You have the three running backs. Already two tight ends and, and a quarterback. So you're very well balanced here going into uh, the 10th round. It gives you the opportunity to do a lot of different things. You could add a fourth receiver. Go with the fourth running back, obviously, for the uninitiated. In the pros versus Joes or an FFPC format, it's two flexes. So you could play up to four running backs uh, each week. And this is best ball, obviously. So that could really help you out. You're on the clock here at the 10-10, Lou. What's going to be the pick? Well, I thought. How do oh, I there it play? is. Of course. It's got to be Aaron Rodgers. Come on. That's easy. Yeah. Always stacked. Yep. Jackson and Bateman, Lazard and Rodgers, back-to-back. I love it. It makes a lot of sense. Just um, make sure you get Romeo sometime. Well, now, yeah. And we'll, we'll see no. where he goes tonight. He had a no. quiet day in practice. For anybody who's wondering, I talked with people at Packers practice today. It was a quiet day for Romeo Dobbs. They and have pads on today? And they, no, tomorrow's pads. Tomorrow's we'll see if pads. Romeo steps up tomorrow. Yeah, there they you had, go. Let's see let, let, him in some, some, some pads getting getting knocked around a little bit. You know, can I just comment on, uh, on Twitter? So, I mean, you all know this because we've been around each other a long, long time. I, I had a, a fantasy football website that will say I, I sold just as Twitter was was becoming a thing podcasting was was blowing up which was awesome it, all good glad i glad i did it and glad to have provided that advice but i'm so glad it wasn't the day-to-day practice reports because you know what it's confusing as hell i mean <laughs> literally you i mean you get a tweet of rashad bateman running a five yard in and somebody with a quote saying if he keeps this up he's going to be you know like a top 10 wide receiver i don't remember exactly <laughs> what the tweet. he moves up two rounds he was in shorts in a helmet, and there were no defenders on the field. Like, yep. what the hell are you talking about? So, I, I, I'm awfully glad that, that I'll say I miss I missed this part of uh, of analysis because it is it is absurd. You know, what I read, uh, Mac Jones went off the field unhappy yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, this? I closed the office door this, this afternoon. And I was pissed. All right. Was like, what the hell was that all about? <laughs> That's good. Stuff. Nobody cared. Yeah. Nobody cared. It was um, um, uh, who guys, who is the, um, who's the new coach for, for the bucks now? Todd Bowles, right? Todd Bowles. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, Todd Bowles gave a, a, a side eye to Leonard Fournette as he picked out two burgers in the lunch line at training camp today instead of just one chicken sandwich. That's real news, by that, that, right. Oh, that's exactly real. Right. Okay, so now I've, I've taken that news cost that, that news last week or two weeks ago cost a lot of drafters or, or helped a lot of drafters who got them in the late third round, mid-third round in some drafts. Um, uh, I just I get a giant kick out of it. I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm not disappointed to have, have missed that part. Of it. Now, in all seriousness, I, I love – I love going on Twitter, reading all this stuff. Um, and, of course, comments are hysterical at times. <laughs> right, so yeah. it's a lot of fun. But, but it all, you know, I, the analysis is, is um, I'll say, uh, too quick even. It just is uh, absurd to me. So, anyway, that's just um, me railing. Um, yeah, no, and, and I think you make up a good point. I mean, it, it, it's understandable, and we need to sometimes take the – context is king, right? Not content, but context is king. When you're talking about reading stuff on Twitter from beat writers or and considering the source, right? Context, agendas, and considering the source, very, very important when we're reading everything that's that's you know coming at our face at a million miles an hour with 32 training camps going on right now. Lou, you're on the clock again here in the 11th round. Uh, again, still well balanced. Two hookups here in the Packers and the Ravens. 
What are we thinking here at the 1103? You know what I'm, I, I'm actually going to take somebody I just want to take right now. Okay. I mean, I do that every time. Uh, but this time I'm, I just want to take, uh, you know, a complete buzz guy uh, who, I mean, number one on player right there. Yeah. 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 Fine. That's, 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 your, that's your Twitter guy all the way right there. All aboard. Yeah. You know, uh, he was free for a while. He's not free anymore. No, not anymore. You know what the thing of it is now. I've got to build uh, to to create explosion. You know the you know in all seriousness, you're really not expecting Alan Lazard to blow up for 30 in a, in a week. That's that's not generally the player that he is. So if I keep that in mind, uh, then I do have to look for some of the some of the players that are uh, going to have those blow up weeks uh, uh, during this this fantasy season and. Uh, this this group of uh, management drafted him in the second round. That's real draft capital, and uh, and he's playing. That's and that's that. I mean, Kenny Galladay. Uh, I'll I'll dare say I've always been a fan from the standpoint of, you know, might have overrated what a player he is. He was I didn't really overrate good him. in Detroit. Yeah, well, I didn't overrate him like uh, like uh, the uh, bonehead GM, and uh, I'm totally drawing a blank right now and paying me eighty four million. But uh, I, I, Farrell, what are you drinking, man? Is, uh, is, brother, that's from my private stock. You got to come here in person to have some. Oh, man. That's all right. Always so, selling. Always you know, selling Kentucky. That is the one, <laughs> that is the one barrel, Farrell. When element. you're selling a product oh, that can't miss, you know, what can you do? You, you got to, you got to jump in and sell the product. That's it. So, uh, you know, I've got to look for players that, that have those explosive weeks in them. And I think Wandale is one of them. And uh, and we uh, obviously know you've had your share of explosive years. We think you're one I of the great high-stakes fantasy football players, Lou, and we wish you nothing but the best, not only in the rest of this draft, but cashing that million dollars in the main event this year. We'll see you in Vegas, right? Planet Hollywood, you'll be there? Unfortunately, this year, I cannot make it. There is someone sitting to my left, to your right. I really would like her to step in because I think Farrell would like to say hello for sure. Don't and let that certain... girl come to Las Vegas without you, Lou. That's it. Don't say hello. Don't come on. This is so. Uh, somebody in your ear. This is who's in my ear. All there right. we go. <laughs> Bulky, Turf, Farrell. Yeah, you guys have met. So yeah. So uh, anyway, that's that's the uh, that that's the side. Uh, the, the you know the side person in my ear. Uh, yeah. A little bit different than somebody else giving away all their secrets. Right. Uh, I've given you all my crappy wide receivers. <laughs> Lou, it's always a pleasure to chat fantasy football or whatever with you, man. Thanks yeah, for hopping guys, on board. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Keep up the great work. Thanks. Thank you. Lou Tranquilly, ladies and gentlemen, popping on the board, drafting from the number three spot tonight. Uh, good stuff from him. Uh, man, I miss his uh, his content that he would. That's my guy. Yeah. I have him so much in this business. And you guys know, like, he, he was the unofficial um, third co founder of the FFPC. He was. Well. Yeah. I Which, remember I was with him at BFD when. When he had a sell and it was it was tough. He didn't want to do it. Yeah. But John do you Harris. guys recall the coaching tree as part I of know. Oh, yeah. that was oh so the Dizzle one of the best articles on the internet. The Dizzle still talks about the coaching tree to this day. I, it was awesome. I gave the coaching tree to a couple of very successful agents, and they said, Where did you get this? This is gold. We have to work on this. You know, and even though you live with it every day, seeing the work is just fantastic. He should he just do that. A ton of time on that. It was he great just work. published the coaching tree. He should. I mean, it, it was an exceptional article.
Yes, it was. Uh, let's welcome in yet another exceptional guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen. He is the 2020 FFPC main event co-champ of a $500,000 grand prize. We want to welcome him in right now. It is Jerry Hooten. Jerry, welcome to the broadcast, man. Oh, there he is. No, hold on. A little bit of a delay. There he is. I think we got him. Do we He's have him seeing him? I'm here. Okay. Hey, Jerry, Jerry, welcome How aboard, man. Happy to have Richard. you, dude. How are you, you doing? Know, we're doing fine. How, how is that? Spending so money. We're just spending money. That's all we're doing. <laughs> so at the seven spot tonight, um, so are you drafting with Phil tonight as well? well? You don't think I'll leave him to do this by himself, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. I just didn't know if he was assisting you or if you're yeah. doing this solo. Yeah, I'm giving uh, him crap because he's on the phone with me. I got you. Okay. All right. So you're. On, am I seeing this right? You're on the clock right now. What are you thinking here in the 11th round? I don't know. We're paused, aren't we? Are we paused? We might be. I don't have it open. No, I think we are paused. We are paused. Yeah, somebody there there must be something going on. I see there's an auto pick um here from uh um team five tonight, which was uh Bill Van Ormer. So we might be rolling that back. While we wait for while we wait for that, Jerry, um, how do you you you're you're halfway done with this draft? What what are you thinking of it? Is, is this a strong team? Is this good enough to win the whole thing? Is it um is it is it what you thought you were gonna get when you started drafting tonight? Uh, yeah, for the most part, this is the way we normally structure our teams or try to anyways. Uh, we're, uh, we were high-fiving ourselves when we thought we were going to get a Hurts in the seventh round, and Pat did his double-tap. The Probably the first time he's ever double-tapped quarterbacks in his life. <laughs> it goes Murray and Jalen Hurts there. Obviously, that's uh, that stinks for you guys. Well, you went receivers, and, and like we talk about, um, you know, Lou Tranquilly just brought up um, how receivers might be a little bit overrated. Uh, in this format, but you guys go with five, uh, beg your pardon, four receivers in the first six picks. Was that sort of your formula for success two years ago when you won that half million? Well, that's a redraft league. This is best ball is different, but yeah, when right. we do best ball, this, I mean, this is exactly the way we like to set it up. Get, try to get one anchor running back. If you can get a high flying tight end or a quarterback and then just cramming as many wide receivers, you get in there until you got to start taking something else. Did you and Phil expect DeAndre Swift to make it back to you in the second no. round? That was nice value no. there, man. No, we what started looking on, the, looking on the internet to make sure he didn't die this afternoon. <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah, no, in Vegas, Kenny Galladay started falling down the board and was wondering what the hell's going on? And we didn't hear that. He, he, I don't even remember what happened to him. But a couple of years ago, it was funny how all of a sudden he just fell off the map the morning of the drafts. I forget what I, happened to him. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm drawing a blank as well, but I do remember the precipitous fall that he went through that one morning. Um, Brandon Cooks in the fifth round here for you. Um, this is a player that whatever, wherever he goes, whoever he plays under, whatever quarterback's throwing to him, um, he puts up numbers. And and obviously, Jerry, in, in the fifth round, what are your expectations for him this year? I just hope he stays healthy all year and he'll be fine. He's going to get the volume. Who else are they going to throw the ball to? I right. guess Nico, maybe, but he's if as long as he stays healthy, he'll be fine. Was the Derek Carr pick in the tenth round? Was that you know predicated basically because you had Waller in the third and you wanted to get that stack there? Absolutely. Okay. Um, Thanks. Elijah Moore. Let's let's talk a little bit about him. Oh, I believe we're are we on pause now? Well, here we go. All right, back to showtime here, ladies and gentlemen. 
Jerry Hooten about to be on the clock. Had to roll it back a couple of picks, but we are back here live. Now, to to um, bring the listeners into this situation here right now, you will have the two running backs. You have a tight end. You're obviously deep at receiver here. You're looking at five receivers uh, on your squad already, and you're already too deep at quarterback with Trey Lance and Derek Carr on your squad. What are you and Phil thinking here as you are on deck here? This is the 1107 yeah, pick. What are you thinking for this pick right here, Jerry? Uh, we're definitely going to take a green one, and it's probably going to be Hines. I would like just – I think he's got a role in that offense from day one. And uh, they don't mind giving him the, the, the ball at the goal line, too. I've seen him spread the field out mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and run a trap draw on him. So we really like Hines here. Um, you get Hines uh, here at the 1107. Um, Josh Jacobs continues to fall, Jerry. What's been your and Phil's attitude uh, now that Jacobs has been falling in drafts? I mean, you scooped him up tonight in the mid-seventh. Is this something that you'll continue to do as August rolls on here? Absolutely. You will never see Jacobs go past us in the seventh round. We'll take him there every time. I know there's uh, a talk about committee and this and that, but he's the best running back in that backfield. And when it comes, you know, when it comes game time, they, they're going to give the ball to the best guy. He's, he's going to be fine. And in the seventh round, this is a great buying opportunity for him. Absolutely. Because you probably, you probably won't get him uh, at this spot later on, especially if he makes some plays here. Um, Trey Lance, this is kind of an unknown uh, this year. But as we have stated multiple times on this broadcast, um, both tonight and, and the previous four, second place gets nothing. So you got to draft to win. And Trey Lance, Jerry, is a big pick to win this year, not only in this draft, but in the main event as well. Absolutely. And that's one, another reason why we went with Carr, because then we get, you know, we got the upside guy with Lance, and then Carr should be a pretty good floor quarterback. So I think we're, we've got both ends covered there. We'll get another one later on in life, because we always get three. Uh, I just, I know, going two just seems thin to me. I mean, you got 20 rounds. I just think getting the third quarterback is, there's value there. Even if you go, like, let's say, and I know that you don't normally do this, but let's say you went Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson early, would you still be looking for a third quarterback late? I never have that problem because you're right. I don't take Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) I've taken a quarterback in the fourth round. I've taken Diggs a bunch because I really think he's uh, probably the safest play in the first round. And you know, and, third and he round, saved their butts in the main event. And he saved their butts in the main event. So <laughs> We've been so, big ever since he was a rookie, and so, he's just been our favorite player. So, so let just to to go through that. Now you're you're still about four or five picks away here, but but what was that like? Um, seeing the end of that 2020 season uh, in in week 16, and seeing that massive output on Monday Night Football from the Bills, and and how did you and Phil celebrate? I know you told this story before, but I'd like to, the listeners and the viewers to hear it again. Well, it just you know it came down to the end. Uh, the guy we were competing against had Josh Allen, and we had Diggs, and the kicker, and he had also had Tyler yep. Bass, and um. <laughs> There was, I didn't think we were going to catch him, but Diggs just caught every damn near every pass in the second half. Down the stretch, yes, he did. Two yep. touchdowns. So anybody was, so that so the one, but his last touchdown, and after the extra point, we had like .45 lead, but there was still seven minutes left to go in the game, and any Tyler Bass kick beats us. So I I told Phil that it's going to come down to is Tyler Bass going to make or miss a kick, 
for half a million dollars. And luckily, both teams just played in the middle of the field, never came close. And you cashed the 500,000. So now refresh my memory here. Were were you, did you do, invest in some real estate with that money or what did you do with it? I'm sitting in it right now as we speak. There you go. There you go. A fantastic story. Fantastic. Uh, From uh, Jerry and and Phil Hooten, the 2020 FFPC main event champs. You guys have already won a Terminator overall is right, right? Yeah, in 2018 and came in the same year we won the main event. We came in second. In Terminator, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Certainly, you are having the opportunity to really destroy a lot of FFP or industry pros uh, tonight. And I think you got a solid draft going on here uh, from the seven spot. So you have the, you're coming up on one, yeah, the 1206 right now. You're on deck. We're looking at your squad, healthy at receiver. Uh, You just added the running back in the last round, already got the two quarterbacks. Darren Waller is your lone tight end. What are you and Phil thinking here for your next pick, Jerry? Uh, well, I guess I got two guys I could live with. We're, we're going to go running back again. We're probably going to get a little green heavy, sparkling a little purple along the way, but it's it's slopping up some running back time now. Yeah, and, and you, I was going to ask you that. When you go receiver so heavy so early, it's important to grab these kind of, you know, one injury away or backup running backs now the rest of the way, correct? Yeah, we normally – our preferred is yeah. we go yellow oh, early and yellow late and then fill everything else in the middle. Ah, oh, sort of like a, uh, I don't know what it would be, some, some sort of a green sandwich with yellow bread, <laughs> something like that. The, spo- the spoiled cold cut sandwich with the uh, heavy butter on the bread. I don't know how else to describe it here. Mm-hmm. You're on the clock. Which running back is it going to be, Jerry? Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Philip Carter? Yeah, I want Carter. You want to go with Gainwell just for the hell of it? No, I want to go Carter. You want to go Carter. All right. Can't Michael talk, Carter. I can't talk him out of it. Uh, All right, go go. Um, final question uh, here. It comes from Matt Bingham, and it's for you, Jerry. He wants to know if you draft differently in Terminator than you do in a traditional best ball. There's not a lot of content out there for Terminator, so he'd love to hear from you and 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 Phil, two guys who have done very very well in the FFPC Terminator. Uh, yes, in the Terminator, uh, I don't like drafting rookies either. But anyways, but in a Terminator, they're tough. Because you you know you got to start eliminating people, and you got a rookie sitting on the bench for the first eight weeks before he blows up. That's kind of risky. So I normally stick with veterans, and I don't mind taking a few older running backs and hope to get two or three games out of them, and then the way they go. <laughs> That's true. Not a bad way to do it, um, Jerry. We really appreciate you hopping aboard uh, on the broadcast tonight. Always appreciate your insight. Former guest on this show, the High Stakes Lowdown, obviously. Uh, you're always welcome here. And good luck the rest of the way, man. Uh, not only um, winning uh, this Pros versus Joe's League, but maybe two main event championships in, in three years. That would be certainly uh, unbelievable and the million dollars. So you could buy yourself some more real estate. Man. There's only one more. There's only one team more upset than us. And that's yeah. the team who won the $500,000 last year before they turned it into a million dollar contest. It's <laughs> <That's> a great <laughs> point. What, what the hell up with that? <laughs> Jerry, appreciate you, man. Be good. Thanks so much for popping on. You bet. Thanks for having us on. Take care. Thank you. Jerry, who's the gentleman, the 2020 FFPC main event co-champ, along with his nephew, Phil Hooten, um, and the 2018, as you heard, uh, FFPC Terminator champs who just took Michael Carter here in the 12th round. What a bevy of great guests tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I'm not proud to say, but 
happy to say we could take a breath here as we have nobody else in the queue right now for now. For now. But we'll see what happens if, if anybody pops up. But uh, one other thing I should I should um, uh, bring up, um, we actually had some technical difficulties on the YouTube and, and Facebook chat. That has been fixed. It's actually been fixed for some time thanks to our boy, uh, well, our man, FFPC man, Aiden, uh, who fixed that. And I really appreciate Aiden. So um to uh to have that fixed so feel free to pop aboard the uh, chats those are back up and running now as we move on to the in the ffpc pros versus joe's league number five it's feral elliott it's dave terpoli and it's me eric balkman bringing it uh to you live here on youtube facebook and twitter um what 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 do we want to talk about here guys i guess i can recap the 12th round here i don't want to go back any further than that the rookie Damian Pierce goes to Bob Lung, followed by Tim Patrick to Shane Winger. Daryl Henderson, the third consecutive running back drafted by uh, Liam Murphy here from the 10 spot. Jacoby Myers goes to John Hurd. Jalen Tolbert, we were wondering where he was going to go tonight. We'll talk about him in a minute. But the GOAT District's Dan Williamson, the overhyped sleeper, takes Jalen Tolbert here in the 12th. Hopefully Jalen Tolbert is not an overhyped sleeper this year for those who have drafted him. Michael Carter, you heard that pick from the Hootens live on air. Albert Okuwepanam is backing up Travis Kelsey for Pat Corain here in the 12th round. Kenneth Gainwell, uh, the guy that the Hootens were deciding between him and Michael Carter. Well, um, the uh, the Billy Boys, Team 5, actually scooped him up there. That was Bill Van Ormer. Grabs him. Tyler Allgaier uh, goes to Doug Orth. Jahan Dotson, another rookie here to Lou Tranquilli, and then David Njoku and Deshaun Watson. A pair of Browns complete the 12th round tonight. Let's go back to Jalen Tolbert. Farrell, I'll pitch this to you right away. We heard the news today that James Washington might have a Jones fracture in his foot, which usually takes a long time to, to heal, especially if you're a wide receiver. Michael Gallup, we already know, may not be ready for week one. For Michael Gallup himself saying it'd be a stretch to say he'll be ready for week one. What do you do with Jalen Tolbert now? How do you handle him in redraft leagues, Farrell? I've been drafting him all year, and um, I expected him to find a wonderful landing spot. He found perhaps the best. Uh, James Washington is on a one-year contract making a homecoming, and no one seems to be excited uh, except James and his team. I, Yeah, Tolbert is a fine player. He's uh, We've talked about him plenty on the show. I, I'd like to hear Terp's uh, idea of him, uh, but I thought his third-round draft pick, the Dallas Cowboys, did themselves very well finding this player. Yeah, what Terp, what do you make of Jalen Tolbert? How high does he go now with these injuries to Gallup and Washington? I think he's only going to go higher. I mean, it's pretty hard not to like what you see early in camp. James Washington, obviously, with the injury, Gallup not being ready. I mean, the Cowboys, they're going to throw the ball. I know people are going to say they're Elliott this, Pollard that, but I think Tolbert can only rise up. I could see him getting as high as maybe the 10th if things continue to progress and they don't add anybody. There's whispers of Will Fuller. We'll mm -hmm. see. I mean, Will Fuller's been sitting out there for a while and he hasn't made a move. This seems like the perfect fit. But if there's no Will Fuller ad in Dallas and they don't trade for anybody, I mean, how can you not like Tolbert at this spot? The GOAT oh. district, they're having an exceptional draft so far. It's from top to bottom, it's, in my opinion, the best team. All right, so let's talk about that team right now. Uh, this is Dan Williamson, the overhyped sleeper from the GOAT district, the uh, pro industry pro drafting. And I say industry pro, but he's an FFPC uh, veteran here as well, as he doubles up at tight end with Evan Ingram here in the uh, in the 13th round. 
But he gets Justin Herbert and and Kirk Cousins as his uh, quarterbacks. Now I believe now those aren't there's no hookups there, right? Those are those are names. That's the only worry. But fifth round Herbert is tough. It's yeah. a tough thing to pass up. Yeah, and and that is true. I mean, we have seen the quarterback slip. Justin Herbert in this format, according to the Mojo here, um, over the last five days is five oh two, and then uh, Goat District gets him here. Uh, in the middle of the fifth round, mid to late. I mean, that's almost a two-thirds of a round of value there. Um, he adds Michael Thomas, Kadarius Tony, Traylon Burks. Um, and then obviously um, when you start off with Eckler and Barkley, you, you probably look away from the running back position to fill in those other spots, which I think he did a pretty good job of. But then Ramondre Stevenson in the ninth round too. I mean, to, to have him as your number three running back when you got all that value in the in the six rounds since you taken your second running back and Saquon Barkley. There's a lot to love there. And Terp, I know it's not just because he took Traylon Burks that you're loving this team. Everything about this team I like. There's really nothing I could say negative about it. I've been trying to stay quiet. I love those guys. <laughs> trying to give them too much credit, but it's really hard not to. I mean, from top to bottom, where's the weakness on this team? I don't see it. And and as Aiden is pointing out in the chat, I mean, you can make the case that that Eckler and uh, Justin that's Kirk very true are are actually the stack here uh, since Eckler is such a proficient pass catcher uh, too. Uh, so that is uh, what the Goat District's done. Let's go back to Team One and, and Matt Marku and Mike Stanowski here. What they did in the twelfth is they added on a quarterback to back up Russell Wilson. That also creates a stack for them with Amari Cooper in uh, getting Deshaun Watson. We found out the news today. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is a six-game suspension for Watson. The NFL has uh, three days to appeal it. We will see if they do that or not. Farrell, what as you? What's your sort of read into the situation? Will the NFL appeal this six-game suspension for Watson? And how do you handle Watson now that we know what the suspension is? I like him drafted here. I heard that the NFL was appealing. It seems like the uh, the think tank at uh, three forty-five Park Avenue has a uh, is holding a terrible grudge against the Browns. At least, mm. uh, at least people uh, there in Cleveland think so. I uh, this is where he should go right now, and people I think will be wishing they had pushed him a little higher once he gets on the field. It's what I want to see is what happens to some of these other Brown players, uh, especially the young receiver Peoples Jones, who I think becomes a very attractive receiver down the stretch. Yeah, I've been drafting uh, Peoples-Jones um, quite a bit late in, in a lot of drafts so far this season. Obviously, you know, it's kind of a lottery ticket, but now he's getting, um, uh, you know, some pub um, in, in, uh, from the beat writers in the preseason. And, and David Bell, obviously, is dealing with an injury as well. So maybe this makes DPJ a nice little uh, addition for anybody who is drafting him um, late earlier on in the season and he might go up draft boards now as well as we'll, we'll follow that situation right here on the HSFF hour. Um, 13th round complete Tyrion Davis price to Marku and Sting, uh, Stanowski, Nico Collins to Josh Hayes, Jarek McKinnon off the board to Lou Tranquilly, James Robinson to Doug Orth from FF today to a tongue of Iloa pairs with Justin Fields for the quarterback combo in Bill Van Ormer's um, uh, quarterback room there and his squad from the five spot. Jarvis Landry, Saints receiver, goes to Pat Corain. Robert Tunyon and Evan Ingram back-to-back -back here. The Hootons take Robert Tunyon, and Williamson takes Evan Ingram, as you just heard earlier. Uh, a few quarterbacks here to complete the 13th round, guys. Daniel Jones to John Hurd. Trevor Lawrence backing up. 
Dak Prescott for Liam Murphy squad. Hayden Hurst, the third tight end drafted by Shane Wingard here, and then Jameis Winston off the board as the second quarterback for BigGuyFantasySports.com's Bob Lung. Um, what do you make, uh, Terp, of the uh, of the CEO squad here, waiting until the 10th round to take a tight end, but now having three of them on his squad by the 13th in Friermuth, Fant, and Hurst? I've been doing that a lot. I don't hate the the mentality. In this type of format, you need one. Obviously, tight end is very important with the extra half for the for the catch. But Fryermuth, Fant, Hurst, would I pick those three? I love Fant. Fryermuth is okay. Hurst is not really for me. But all he needs one. And in this type of format, if you can just get one, with all the other talent this team has, very solid. I'm fine with that mentality. If you're going to wait, just get a couple, maybe draft a fourth with some upside, like a Brevin Jordan. We keep, we've talked about multiple times. Yeah. And I think this team will be fine. Um, Farrell, what's, uh, what's standing out to you here in the 13th round? I'll, I'll try to lead you in the direction of, of the player I really want to talk about. And James Robinson, um, a guy that I, I kind of made up my mind early in the draft. Well, Late in last season, you know, when he tore his Achilles, I, I kind of made my peace with it. I'm like, well, I'm not going to grab him on any teams this year. I mean, there's no spot that I'd be comfortable drafting him. And yet he has looked really good in rehab. And, and from all intents and purposes, it seems like he's coming on and he's going to be a factor in that Jacksonville backfield. I've stopped drafting Snoop Connor with the final pick of a lot of my drafts. Um, and now it's all about ETN and Robinson. But Robinson in the 13th for a team here in Doug Orth, who is loading up on the running backs. In fact, that's his seventh running back through 13th round, 13 rounds. What do you make of the Robinson pick for him? And the one I like uh, the most of his double-digit uh, running backs. I can't seem to get in a draft where Robinson stays available later than the 11th round, and I've been drafting a great deal. And, I, yeah, I would, I'm would. i all for that pick. I, uh, I'd like to go back to the CEO's team. Um I've been pretty unenthused about Hayden Hurst until I started thinking about what Hurst did when he first came into the league. And I think that's a, that's a great pick um, by the CEO there. I'm higher on Friermuth than, than Terp is. And I think Friermuth dropping to the 10th round in this format is another right. steal. We've been, we've been playing, uh, we've been playing, uh, He's been making the steals in the 11th position all night long, so congratulations for him. And, you know, uh, Lou has thrown out uh, ADP completely out the window, especially with his 11th-round pick, and I love that for Lou. He, he he goes and gets the guys he wants, so go ahead, Lou. Do your thing. <laughs> Former FFPC high-stakes fantasy football hour guest Bill Van Ormer is drafting in the five spot tonight. Terp, I got to ask you this about the uh, Dolphin stack situation. He gets Tyreek Hill in the third round. He does add Tua Tunga by Loa in the 13th. If you are taking Tyreek Hill, is it simply a must that you got to grab Tunga by Loa some, at some point later on in the draft just for how cheap that stack is? If you're I don't willing think to it's invest- a must. It depends okay. on just the overall structure of, of your team, I guess, and who you have at receiver. Like if you're – Dealing with a uh, DJ Moore or like a uh, Terry McLaren or uh, who else is on this? It's Deontay Johnson, guys like that. You're probably not. You're probably going to want to get them. But if you're dealing with guys like Cortland Sutton, Allen Robinson, Marquise Brown, Judy Bateman, you know guys like that, you have more of an availability when it comes to 
stacking a top-notch quarterback. And maybe two is just not – he's not a guy that I'm in love with, but with the stacking possibility as your, as your two, you can't really go wrong with that, especially the way his team's structured. 14th round about to come to completion here, guys, as McCole Hardman goes to Bob Lung. Um, Shane Winger takes Matt Ryan uh, to go with Michael Pittman. We asked him about that earlier. He does indeed make it happen. Uh, Matt Ryan to Shane Winger here at the 1402. Khalil Herbert off the board to Liam Murphy, followed by K.J. Osborne to John Hurd. Josh Palmer, one of the uh, young receivers, uh, or one of the few young receivers for the Chargers, as Keenan Allen and Mike Williams aren't exactly spring chickens anymore. I guess Mike Williams is. Uh, but um, but Keenan Allen, maybe not so much. But Palmer is what I'm getting at here. He goes to Dan Williamson. Kenny Galladay uh, to the Hootens here. Phil and Jerry Hooten take Kenny Galladay there. J.D. McKissick off the board at the 1407 to Pat Corain from NBC Sports Edge and the Ship Chasing Show. Jamison Williams after that to Bill Van Ormer. Brevin Jordan, another uh, tight end that seems to be climbing the ranks here, not only in the pros versus Joes, but in the Football Guys Players Championship and the FFPC main event. Doug Orth from FF Today grabs him there, and then we get three straight receivers to end out the 14th round. It's Paris Campbell in Indianapolis to Lou Tranquilly. It's Christian Watson in Green Bay to Josh Hayes, and it's Michael Gallup in Dallas to Matt Marcoux and Mike Stanowski here to complete the 14th round. Uh, Farrell, I, I uh, got to ask you about Khalil Herbert. I can't remember if we've talked about him or not, but I do want your opinion on him. If you are... Let's put put this in the frame of mind of I don't like Chicago Bears. I don't like David Montgomery. Does that mean you should be taking Khalil Herbert later on? No, sir. Doesn't. If you don't like Chicago Bears and you don't like Montgomery, there's reasons associated with that from the players that are around him. Same players will be around Herbert. And uh and and Terp, have how often have you um drafted Khalil Herbert uh so far this year? What's your share situation like with him? About 15%. It's probably a good number so far. So pretty high. He's one of my highest known handcuffs. I'm not a David Montgomery guy. I just think Herbert, you saw the standalone value last year. I'm higher on the Bears than pretty much anybody out there. Um, there's a couple guys that I know that are pretty high on them. Most people hate them. Most people aren't, aren't buying into the new coaching staff. They're not buying into Justin Fields. I just think if there's a guy that I'm targeting in the 14th round and I'm, you know, stacking running backs like, you know, Liam Murphy's doing, you can't really go wrong with Herbert. Um, let's talk about um, uh, this question from the chat right now from uh, from Aiden wants to know, uh, Terp, you've been big on Jamison Williams uh, for the majority of drafting season, but you haven't talked receiver whole- coming out. Okay, so you haven't talked a whole lot about him in pros versus Joe's. 14th round, what do you say about the value for Jamison Williams there? It's it's the perfect, perfect 14th round pick. Is he going to help you right away? No. But let's look at that team. Ayuk, Smith, Robinson, Hill, Chase, they don't need him right away. He's a guy that could win. I mean, this type of league is a little different, but he's a guy that can separate you at the end. With the spike weeks, he's going to get some time this year. He's, he's going to miss some games early. That's definitely a worry. He's going to get you a zero the first couple of weeks. But if he comes back and he's 100%, I mean, he's going to put up them four for 152 and two TDs. The, you know, five for, you know, 125 and two TDs. You're going to see those weeks that at the end when, you know, injuries happen and teams get a little, you know, whittled down. Jamison Williams is is a guy that I've been targeting a lot in best ball. Um, Farrell, 
you we know you like Michael Pittman quite a bit. We know mm-hmm. that um, you like Shane Winger taking him here at the 311, which is crazy good value for him. Said he has not seen that uh, so far this season. He gets him tonight at the 311. If you were drafting in the FFPC best ball tournament or in pros versus Joe's and you get the gift of Michael Pittman at 311, would you be looking at at making Matt Ryan a priority later on in the draft? Yeah, and it hasn't happened much for me because I've got a big ownership share of Pittman. Um, much like Turp was saying about Tua, it, it's not really necessary, but it's nice to have. Look at some of the players uh, that are coming, that are still available where Ryan's going, and I'm probably staying away from quarterback because some quarterbacks I like better are still on the board. Uh, but yeah, you know. Yeah, it's it's a nice build. You put another uh, Colt in there, perhaps Naheem Hines, uh, then I might feel a little differently about it. Um, we are through the 15th round, guys. Gus Edwards went at the 15.01 to uh, Marku and Stanowski. Jared Goff, um, the, uh, the player who he was traded for is Matthew Stafford, and Stafford and Goff will both find homes on Josh Hayes's 2022 iteration of his pros versus Joe's squad. DPJ, a.k.a. Donovan Peoples-Jones to Lou Tranquilly. George Pickens, the rookie receiver for Pittsburgh, goes to Doug Orth. We get a big running back run here in the middle of the 15th round. Chris Evans is going to go to Bill Van Ormer. Uh, Pat Corain takes Dearness Johnson from Cleveland. Brian Robinson going to Phillip and Jerry Hooten. And then Jamal Williams off the board to the GOAT district as his number four running back here through 15 rounds. And then uh, some receivers, DJ Chark to John Hurd, Julio Jones off the board to Liam Murphy. And then you are looking at Robbie Anderson to Shane Wingard, followed by uh, the final pick of the uh, 15th round. That's Austin Hooper, the uh, second tight end drafted by BigGuyFantasySports.com's Bob Lung. Um, Tight ends, guys, I'm looking at this right now. We got 25 tight ends off the board through 15 rounds. Terp, does that seem high? Or, or are we right on par with, with, with what we're normally seeing? I think it's a little high. Um, it's not anything crazy. I mean, all the there's no real like crazy reaches, I don't think. I mean, Friermuth, like like Farrell, Farrell said, fell a little later than he's been going. But there hasn't been any that I say like stand out where it's like, wow, like that's two, three rounds early. Right now, um, Everett going to go up. I mean, Everett's you can't find anybody up. late. Everett's moving up. Jordan's moving up. These are guys we all like. Continue. Uh, They're all going to continue to move up. They don't have anybody really behind them in great offenses. But yeah, Farrell, let's talk about the the Gerald Everett thing here because normally I I feel like he doesn't – yeah, he's normally a – goes at the 1202 which i guess he has moved up tight end 17 what what do you think the reason is for that recently because i i feel like we're not getting a lot of great reports i mean we're not getting bad reports on gerald everett we're not getting a ton of great reports on everett why do you think the high stakes owners and and the pvj drafters tonight are moving them up we're just looking at the fact of the quarterback arm skill and the talent we hear sometimes that herbert maybe the number one uh, passing quarterback in the league. A lot of people think that this year. We think that the AFC West is going to be explosive. And, you know, I was a big, big proponent of of Everett, and he quietly caught 47 passes last year. I I really do like the player. I did not like the situation last year and the way that they utilized him. Uh, He's gone to Seattle. uh, He's gone to uh, uh, the Chargers with a a purpose, and – I think we see an improved year. And and when you can get a talent like that uh, as your second quarterback to go with Pitts, 
Um, I think that's really you need a guy that can have a big spike performance, uh, have a couple of big games because Pitts is your steady Eddie at that position. So Gerald Everett can fill that need as a dual flex. And, and when Pitts has the one or two off games at a bye week, I like it. Guys, it's not often we get breaking news during the high stakes fantasy football or broadcast of the NFC pros versus Joe's. Uh, no, this is huge. Um, according to, uh, I believe, I'd check my source here. Yeah, ESPN.com. Peyton Manning will be co-hosting the CMA Awards with Luke Bryan this year. Great. Thanks for that update. <laughs> Breaking news is always a scary thing in the preseason. So, I don't need Turt, a heart attack on the show. So, yeah, Turt, now that your blood pressure has calmed down, knowing that nobody is, as far as we know, hurt or arrested or suspended. Or <laughs> um, let's let's start. And, wow, we got a massive running back run to talk about here coming up in the but we do have a question here um, in the chat. It's from our boy Matt Bingham here. He wants to know, does Van Jefferson's injury bump Tyler Higby up at all? Uh, not really a wide receiver. Three of note, uh, given that you know Jefferson's hurt. Odell Beckham's still hurt and still not in Los Angeles, by the way. Um, and then uh, he says, you know, Tutu Atwell is there, but is he going to be a difference maker? I'm with him. It's probably not going to be uh, Tutu Atwell making a lot of waves this year, but Terp, what do you think of uh, of Tyler Higby now that we know that Jefferson is going to be recovering from uh, at least a knee scope? Higby, Higby definitely should move up in drafts. I don't think he's going to move up a ton. The Jefferson, Jefferson thing definitely has me worried a little bit. But if anything, something that most people aren't talking about, it might make Odell Beckham a solid 19th, 20th round pick because there's a very good chance he's going back to L.A. And he's pretty much free in drafts right now. And if you can get away with, you know, storing him on your bench, especially in best ball, I mean, if Jefferson's out for an extended period of time, we saw what Beckham did in this offense last year. It, it, it was breathtaking to watch. I mean, he was on the way to the Super Bowl MVP before yes, he got hurt. Yeah. So yeah, he he's was. definitely a guy that two-two outwall. That's the first and last time we ever need to mention his name. Um. <laughs> Farrell, Farrell, Aiden uh, points out in the chat, will we see a little bit more of two back sets with Henderson and Akers um, in lieu of uh, in lieu of Van Jefferson being out there? What are the chances of that? Very little. I, I don't uh, I, I don't think so. You know, why break? Uh, why fix what is not broken? Uh, it's a Super Bowl championship team. They believe in their. They believe in their one back system. One of the backup tight ends, guys. It's it's. Is Blanton? I think I think it's Kendall Blanton. Kendall they, Blanton they've been yeah. looking at him as a slot receiver, uh, which would be a, a big target, good move, tight end. Uh, much in what we've talked about about some of the other glorified tight ends uh, in the league who are legitimate slot receivers, and so that would intrigue me about this player. But I think Turp is all over the. Uh, uh, I, I think Turp is all over the Odell Beckham selection uh, and. I've been doing it wherever I can. Uh, Alan Robinson to the moon. Oh, yeah. I, well, I'm with you on that for sure. Terp, uh, Dave Gladstone in the chat wants to know when you think Beckham would be ready to play um, this year recovering from that ACL. When do you think he would be ready to, to get out That's there? That's the issue with the drafting Odell Beckham. This is a Super Bowl team. This is a team with Super Bowl aspirations. He knows he, he's not coming back to go to some scrub team. He knows exactly what, what, what that team offers with Stafford and obviously being there last year. He could be a whatever the last minute to sign is, that could be where he signs. So it's a big risk to do it. 
But if he gets a little antsy and wants to come back and they, and they say he's 100%, we could be looking at maybe like week uh, 10, 11, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We might be a little aggressive, but but if you can get him for the last seven weeks of the season, it might be worth the risk because he's definitely a guy that won't be drafted in main events. In my opinion, you, you can't, you won't be able to hold him that long. Right. He could be a, you could have a bidding frenzy at the end of the end of the year if he signs back in LA and he could be a, a, an overall winner, especially if he lands here. Um, we saw a lot of running backs land on various teams in the 16th round. In fact, we had a run of seven straight running backs, eight total running backs go in the 16th round here, guys. Bob Lung take, uh, took uh, Ryan Tannehill to kick things off in the 16th. That's his third quarterback. Kenyon Drake, then this is the running back run. Kenyon Drake to Shane Wingard. Mark Ingram to um, Liam Murphy. Then you're looking at Raheem Mostert off the board to John Hurd. Hassan Haskins to the GOAT district. Deontay Foreman to the Hooten, Sony Michelle to Pat Corain, and then uh, Daryl Williams to Bill Van Ormer here uh, as his number six running back. Mac Jones to Doug Orth, Kendrick Bourne uh, to uh, Lou Tranquilli, Marlon Mack goes off the board. He is the selection of the uh, uh, penultimate selection of the 16th round, going to Josh Hayes, followed by David Bell, uh, the rookie receiver from Cleveland to Matt Marcoux and Mike Stanowski, a massive running back run here, guys. Um, now that we know um, that Alvin Kamara – well, we don't know it. I mean, we are talking about this earlier here with, with Matt Marcoux and Mike Stanowski. Now that we think that the suspension for Alvin Kamara may not happen until 2023, what do you do with Mark Ingram, Farrell? Was he even a guy you were looking at before the suspension – knowing that he's not a young guy anymore, not the biggest pass catcher in the world either. What do you do with Ingram? Uh, I don't draft him, uh, plain and simple. Uh, I did. That's the right I answer. I considered it. Um, so Ingram is not uh, on the board for Farrell. Terp agrees. Um, Liam Murphy taking him here late. And that's a lot of running backs there. But, I mean, I guess we've seen this before. We, we've seen it from um, the Hootens this draft. Pounding all these receivers early. Four receivers in the first six picks. You look at Murphy's team. He gets four receivers in his first five picks, and now he is hitting green hard. Elijah Mitchell, Rashad White, Alexander Madison, Daryl Henderson, Khalil Herbert, Mark Ingram, Eno Benjamin. Dave, you've won a, a lot of different ways, not only in, in best ball leagues, but but football guys, main event. Um, what what Has there been a, a better process for you or a better team structure have you won with running backs early, receivers in the middle and late? Have you won with receivers early and then pound the running backs? What's been more successful for you as you look back on your successful teams? Anchor, probably anchor running back or taking too early and then just stopping would probably be the two two structures that I like the most. I'm not a zero wide receiver guy. I've been playing with a little bit through draft so far. And yeah, some teams turn out good, but I feel like there's so much risk attached to that especially in like a main event type of situation. It's a little too risky for me. I'd rather start like, like we talked about with, with team, I think it's seven with Diggs and Swift and then just, you know, stockpile a, ton, a very good tight end, some, some receivers. And then after that, fill in the spaces because team 10, it's really hard for me to ever criticize anything. He does. He just won a million dollars last year, but <laughs> yeah. he's a little too risky at running back for my, I mean, Elijah Mitchell's a huge risk this year with Kyle Shanahan and then the running backs after he, he stockpiled him. So realistically he only needs two, but he needs a lot of injuries. He could be out of it by the time that matters. 
Guys, we're through the uh, 17th round. James Crowder to Marku and Stanowski. Mo Ali Cox uh, joins Mike Gesicki and David Njoku as the tight ends for Josh Hayes and Rotoballer. Isaiah McKenzie joins a heavy, heavy uh, receiver squad here for Lou Tranquilli. As since the seventh round, Lou has utilized uh, his um, uh, 10 picks. He's utilized seven of them on wide, I beg your pardon, eight of them on wide receivers. Definitely hitting the yellow hard. P and yellow, as the kids say here, with <laughs> Isaiah McKenzie at the 1703. Zay Jones after that to Doug Orth. Zach Wilson joins uh, Justin Fields and Tua Tungavailoa on Bill Van Ormer's squad at the quarterback position. Corey Davis goes to Pat Corain from NBC Sports Edge. Davis Mills, the third quarterback drafted by Phil and Jerry Hooten. We talked about uh, that with Jerry. Where Were you going to go with a third quarterback? And he said, you know, two seems a little bit light in this 20-round format. They get Davis Mills here in the 17th to make it three. Alec Pierce to uh, Dan Williamson. Marvin Jones is the selection for uh, for John Hurd here before Liam Murphy then takes uh, Eno Benjamin. Uh, Shane Wingard takes A.J. Green from the Arizona Cardinals. Almost called them the Phoenix Cardinals. Yikes. Uh-huh. Logan Thomas out the, off the board to complete the 17th round as the tight end drafted by, um, by Bob Lung. And Farrell... You know, and we look at this squad, and I know he just added Cameron Brait in the 18th round. I am not, I always say this, I am not a strong enough man to wait in an FFPC format to the 11th round to take my first tight end. He gets Higby there, and he's obviously been hitting tight ends later on with Hooper, Logan Thomas, and Cameron Brait. Is that something that you've ever tried before, waiting that long on a tight end in an FFPC league? I, I waited a, a, to the thirteenth round once and got the um, the Raider tight end. And that year he caught a touchdown pass of eighty yards against Terps Eagles, and that was about the only thing that he did that year. I, um, it's a little too late at night for me to remember that tight end's name, but he was a stalwart tight end on the team. Uh, no, you, you, I, you've, I've either been too early or too late. And this week. Um, I drafted amongst the top group, I drafted Hawkinson and I couldn't get it out of my head. I went early on another tight end uh, earlier than I would uh, because I just wasn't feeling comfortable that Hawkinson was enough. So yeah, uh, not for me. I'm going to try to get uh, a guy that I really believe in. And then, uh, you know, if, if I don't get one of those first four, I've got to come in with the guys later that I like which um, that number is getting smaller and smaller. I think it centers around uh, Friar Muth and Knox. Uh, Farrell, let's let's keep it going here. Matthew Bingham in the uh, YouTube uh, chat says uh, that he feels Elijah Mitchell this year has vibes of Miles Sanders from last year. He could see a good volume between the 20s, but if he is working as part of a committee, he might lose the goal line work. Obviously a mobile quarterback there and Trey Lancer could steal some touchdowns as well. How do you view Elijah Mitchell this year, Farrell? I don't know how much you've drafted him. I've drafted him a great deal, and I, I'm i willing to give up on some of that goal line work to get this player in the sixth round. He's uh, uh, you know, he's my number two running back then, and, and I'm happy with that. I like his, uh, like his skill set, and there's ways to score touchdowns outside of the red zone and outside of inside the five-yard line. Um, Trey Lance is, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer in that if he is successful, that's how he's going to stay on the field with his feet. So there, there could be some thought process to that, that it could be slim for other running backs 
uh, on the Niners as they approach the goal line. 19th, uh, beg your pardon, 18th round completed here. Cameron Brate, the fourth tight end drafted. We just mentioned this. Bob Long takes Cameron Brate. Carson Wentz, the third quarterback chosen by Shane Winger. Taysom Hill off the board is the third tight end drafted by fantasysports.com's Liam Murphy. Romeo Dobbs, another receiver here for John Hurd as he adds to an impressive stable of them. That is number nine. Nine receivers, Mrs. Bueller. Romeo Dobbs here to uh, no logistics, John Hurd. Uh, Greg Dulcich is the third tight end drafted by Dan Williamson. Terrace Marshall from the Carolina Panthers to the Hootens. KJ Hamler, the Denver Broncos receiver off the board to NBC Sports Edge and ship uh, ship chasing host Pat Corain to uh, he grabs uh, KJ Hamler here. Trey Sermon and Zamir White, two young running backs, go um, off the board here to Bill Van Ormer and Doug Orth, respectively. Baker Mayfield to Lou Tranquilli as his third quarterback to go with Jackson and Rodgers. Sammy Watkins and Curtis Samuel complete the 19th, I beg your pardon, 18th round. Watkins to Josh Hayes. Curtis Samuel goes off the board to Marku and Stanowski. Uh, Terp, you were talking about this earlier. You wanted to tell Lou, or you did tell Lou Tranquilly, make sure you get Romeo Dobbs late. He did not. I'm a little surprised with, and maybe this is because I'm in Northeast Wisconsin. I hear the Romeo Dobbs stuff. Of course, today it was all about Josh Hader being traded to the San Diego Padres. But Romeo Dobbs, I hear so many glowing practice reports about him. I'm a little surprised he hasn't moved up more than he has. Are you surprised too? I'm very surprised because like Lou said, I mean, who's catching passes in Green Bay right now? I ask you every single show, who's going to be that guy? Alan Lazard is not going to be that guy. So one of these guys are going to have to emerge. And and you're getting a guy, he's in shorts, pads aren't on. He has no trust of Aaron Rodgers yet, but in the 18th round, I'm shocked he's not moving up. Yeah. Because you look at some of the guys that are going over him. I'm not saying Romeo's, you know, some superstar, but you could see the upside in the offense. It's there. Somebody has to emerge. It's not going to be Randall Cobb. It's not going to be Sammy Watkins. Why not take a shot on a guy like this who's getting positive press? Home run swings. You got to be a home run, run swing. swing. Yeah. You could easily paint a picture that Romeo is starting receiver week one. And you're getting what? a starting receiver with Aaron Rodgers in the 18th round. I mean, I'm going to make a prediction at the end of this show that I hope people record and listen, but you're going to realize it's not about him, but it's okay. about that team. All right. Um, you know, one of the things I always do in the FFPC mailer at, at the end of the season, um, when I talk about the best ball, uh, tournament champs or the Superflex best ball tournament champs or, or pros or shows like basically any Terminator, any of the best ball formats. I always like to single out, you know, some of the big play, big time players that really helped this team win 10,000, 200,000, a million bucks, you know, whatever it is. And I, I look at Romeo Dobbs having a non-zero chance of the player at the end of the season. When we're looking at who won this league, like, how did John Hurd get Romeo Dobbs in the 18th round? That's, that's crazy. I mean, we said it about Chase Claypool his rookie year, didn't we? In in the in pros versus Joe's and, and Hudson Kern Reeve is in the chat room right now. And I could be misremembering this, but I feel like he was very he had a very successful pros versus Joe's um winning the title one year. And I think it was due to or whoever did. I it, it's all blurring together. But I feel like Chase Claypool was like a 19th round pick or something mm-hmm. like that. And whoever won the whole thing. Um, we look back on it like, how did Claypool go in the 19th? Well, he was going in the 19th round of a lot of draft. It's but crazy. This is, you look at Elijah Mitchell players. last year. I mean, he was Elijah going Mitchell. in the 20th yes. round. Perfect example. Perfect example. So that's why it's important. Like, 
you know, obviously you don't want to screw up the first half of your draft, but it's so key to make sure you hit on one of these guys. Take late. some shots at the end of your draft. I mean, taking a guy like AJ Green isn't going to win you a million dollars. No, no. If Romeo not. Dubs had attended a Power Five conference school, he would be in the 10, 11, 12 draft range. That's correct. Where, where would he have been drafted in the NFL draft, Farrell? Uh, three, three. Third, third round? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because Aaron Rodgers. Same production. That same production at a bigger school. Three. Um, Kern Reed pointing out, by the way, that Corey Davis was his magic card uh, the mm. year that he won pros versus Joe's, not Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool was somebody else. Could have been John Hurd. I can't remember. All right, guys, 19th round is complete. Marcus Mariota off the board at the 1901 to Matt Marcou and Mike Stanowski here as we look at uh, Josh Hayes taking CJ Uzuma. Um, as he uh, goes off the board as the number four tight end drafted by Josh Hayes. Lou Tranquilly goes with Jeff Wilson from the 49ers backfield. Odell Beckham, Terp mentioned him. Uh, look at him in the 19th or 20th. Doug Orth takes him in the 19th round here. Will Fuller, another guy who is a free agent right now, not signed by anybody, um, could pay dividends to Bill Van Ormer later on. Then you're looking at Trey McBride and Kyle Rudolph going back-to-back here. McBride to Karain. Kyle Rudolph to Hooten. Pierre Strong, a rookie running back for New England, goes to Dan Williamson, followed by Devin Duvernay, Quez Watkins. A couple of receivers off the board here. Duvernay to John Hurd, Quez Watkins to Liam Murphy. Calvin Austin off the board to uh, Shane Wingard here. And then Byron Pringle completes the 19th round. A lot of receivers here, guys. Farrell, I don't know. As you look at at the 19th round receivers here, Beckham, Fuller, they don't have teams. They could be good. Duvernay is, is fighting with Prochet for the number two receiver on a, a run first offense. Then you have Watkins, Austin, and Pringle. Guys, either we know and we're not expecting much or, or, or the unknown that we don't know what to expect from them. Who's your favorite 19th round receiver between those six players there? Is there one guy that stands out maybe a little bit more than the others? Beckham stands out, but we've talked enough about that. Pringle always seemed to be real close to bringing it in Kansas city, but that's a, that's an interesting pick. There's nothing here that really stands out. And um, I I think possibly I could have found something that I would have liked a little better. Velas Jones is still, uh, is still available. And uh, Mooney was drafted by the 11th team 11. That's the CEO. So there I would have probably taken Velas Jones. Um, by the way, uh, just so we know that this is not going to waste, guys, Matt Bingham in the chat. This was great stuff. Really appreciate you putting in so many hours these past couple weeks. The content is terrific and getting me really stoked for the season. Cheers. So we are making a difference here tonight uh, mm-hmm. in, in the fantasy football industry as we cover these drafts. The 20th round is, is, uh, is complete. I'll take you through that as we wrap up uh, draft number five tonight. Tyler Batty. Off the board to Bob Lung. Randall Cobb going to Shane Winger. Daniel Bellinger to uh, Liam Murphy. Janu Smith to John Hurd. Isaiah Pacheco is the final pick for the GOAT District's Dan Williamson. Big receiver run here. Juwan Jennings to the Hootons. LaVisca Chenault from Jacksonville. Off the board to NBC Sports Edge's Pat Corain. Uh, Brian Edwards is the final pick for Bill Van Ormer. Cedric Wilson and Braxton Berrios go back-to-back here to Orth and Tranquilly, respectively. Sean Vaughn is the final pick. For rotoballer.com's Josh Hayes and Mr. Irrelevant tonight is also the third tight end drafted by Matt Marcoux and Mike Stanowski 
Kylan Granson, 36 tight ends off the board, 74 running backs, 100 receivers, uh, gentlemen, tonight. Wow. Um, what are wow. the takeaways here in, in this draft? Terp, I'll, I'll start with you as you look at this. Well, actually, you know what we should do, Terp? Let, let's talk about, so earlier you said you had a favorite team in this draft, and now I'm, it's escaping me which one you said was good. or that, that Teammate. Was Teammate, Dan Williamson. Thank you. Uh, how did it turn out for you? My prediction, first of all, one oh, thing yeah. before I Go say ahead. that. Yeah. So Friday night, I'll be drafting with those guys on their show, an FFPC best ball. So make sure you tune in for that. Okay. Shameless plug right there. Number two, final prediction. The GOAT district will win pros versus Joes. Overall? Yes. Now, I feel like you're just hamming it up. Uh, for I'm not. Right now. Dan knows I don't. I don't do any of that stuff. I mean, we have some, a lot of lot of bets right. going on. You got to bring this know. up when you're on the goat district. I want you to bring that up as well, Turp, and, and say that, that like you went out on on a limb and said because Dan may hate his draft. I don't know. I haven't been following. I, this I, I hope he does. I don't. I love every set, every part of his draft. To me, it's the best draft I've seen so far from top to bottom. They will win pros versus Joes. Farrell, well, what about draft draft too, right? so Things could change, but as of right this second. I got you. They're the winner. All right. Uh, Farrell, uh, did you get a chance to look at Williamson's team here at the uh, at the uh, eight spot? And I'll just run it down for the, for the listeners here. For Dan Williamson's squad, Justin Herbert and Kirk Cousins are the quarterbacks. Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, Ramondre Stevenson, Jamal Williams, Hassan Haskins, Pierre Strong, and Isaiah Pacheco are the running backs. Jalen Waddell, Michael Thomas, Kadarius Tony, Traylon Burks, Tyler Lockett, Jalen Tolbert, Josh Palmer, Alec Pierce at receiver. Tight ends are George Kittle, Evan Ingram, and Greg Dulcich. Farrell, what say you? Yeah, I think he's a very good team. I like what he did at tight end late with Dulcich. I think he'll play a great deal at Denver. Uh, he has Alec Pierce, which would be the number two receiver at Indianapolis. I like that a lot. Uh, he stayed consistent through this draft. Every player that he took, uh, you know, Tyler Lockett's the darling of this, this concept. Um and uh, sure, uh, uh, Michael Thomas, uh, uh, we expect some big things, especially later in the year. Waddle, uh, Waddle was at a value. Uh, Barkley was at a value. And Eckler was at a value. So, yeah, there's just a good team. All right. Um, let's. Uh, I want to bring in one final guest just for a couple of quick minutes. You know him from FF today. It is Doug Orth, a veteran of the FFPC Pros versus Joe's competition. Doug, your draft is done from the four spot. How did it turn out, man? Just like how you imagined it to come out to turn out, or were there some surprises for you? <laughs> uh, the first pick that was a was somewhat expected. Everything else after that was going on the fly. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, more, I'm actually pretty happy considering I was planning on going running back. If I got Jefferson in the second round, I'm pretty happy with the way things turned out. Um, generally speaking. With the receivers that I have, I was just looking for volume at running back, so that's that kind of explains why Montgomery and Brees Hall picks. Did and you, did ahead. you have Doug? Did you have the plan going in where I'm going to hit receivers early, and then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to really scout the running backs in the mid rounds and pound those guys out, and hopefully, um, you know, they help me carry or they help carry my team to a championship. Was that the plan going in, or was that dictated by the Jefferson, Evans, and McLaurin picks early? Yeah, I was not planning. I was if I was going to go Jefferson, I was hoping to go running back probably two of the next three rounds at least. But uh, um, you know, Joe's kind of got me on Chubb. I was I was looking for Chubb there instead of Hall. Uh, I kind of expected 
either Elliott or Connor to make it back to me in the fourth round. But I, at that point, I was I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna pass on Evans in the second round. Wasn't gonna pass on McLaurin in the fourth round. So it ended up going to a receiver heavy build. Did you do you feel that when you look at your tight ends now that it's all said and done, you get Ertz in the seventh and Brevin Jordan in the fourteenth. You don't get a third tight end. Do you feel like you're weak there, or do you feel like you're pretty confident that Ertz and Jordan are going to be good enough? Yeah, I'm pretty high on Ertz. I believe I have him as my tight end six. Um, and of course, we all know it's been it's been well documented what he's done, what he's done with, with and without Hopkins on the field. But we all we all saw what he did in the few games that Hopkins was on the field last year, I think you're looking at, I've I've read it other places, I think people have gotten so used to Ertz being a top 10 tight end, they've just gotten kind of bored with him. So that's what I'm looking there. I was was very happy with the Ertz. Ertz was the last of my usable tight ends or usable tight end ones. And uh, Brady was certainly the last of the usable QB ones. By my count, and I could be wrong on this. I think I see five. Is it six rookies or five rookies on this on this squad? Doug, you get Brees Hall uh, obviously in the third. You're looking at Garrett Wilson in the tenth, followed by Isaiah Spiller and, and Tyler Algier, and then later on George Pickens and Zamir White. Do you feel like when you're drafting here in early August that you can still hit on some really good values in the pros versus Joes by drafting the unknowns in these rookies? Certainly, but. Targeting rookies was not part of the plan. It was how the obviously the, the cliche how the board fell. Um, just we'll, we'll start from the bottom up here. Zamir White. Um, I remember reading a camp report, not a camp report, but I remember reading a report from I believe the Athletic about a month ago, thinking that he was already um, either on par or above where where Josh Jacobs is. So I can see him developing as the season goes on. For example. As, as we know, looking at my running backs, that's probably the weak point of my team. Um, Pickens, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I like Pickens as a, as a uh, prospect, certainly. Uh, reading the camp reports is a nice is a nice little touch, but I, I did like him. And, look, they've, I feel like Pittsburgh has continually tried to chase Mortavius Bryant since Mortavius Bryant was a thing. And I believe huh. this, and this, Pickens is a that's more a developed – Pickens is a more developed Mortavius Bryant. So – if I can hit on that, then my receivers are as good as anybody in the league. Doug was was uh, was James Robinson just the next best guy available, or do you really have an idea of numbers for this player this year? No, I, I heard you guys talking earlier. I had no intention on drafting Robinson, but at, in the thirteenth round, running back running back being what it was for me, and of course, I'm not going to get into the whole. I mean, part of my, what my day job is posting posting the stuff, the camp reports and the stuff that we're talking about, I, I know I know enough to not get too hyped up or, you know, too hyped mm-hmm. up or hyped down, as it were, on a player. Um, but that combined with what I've seen, my scouting report on Pickens, you know, I'll be more than happy if I can get two splash weeks or two Martavius Bryant weeks from him. Amen to that. Um, Doug, last, last question here for you. Um, we found out that Isaiah Spiller is actually – been doing some work with the Chargers first string offense. So I, my question for you is, is he going to rise up boards as a result? And, and sort of how do you see that Eckler-Spiller split uh, in Los Angeles this year? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't, I won't be able to give you a, a, a touch or a production breakdown for another week yet. But uh, 
I believe since draft night that he was their answer. He was the answer to the he was going to be the Austin Eckler compliment that they've been looking for that for the, this is the third straight year that they spent a fourth round pick on that back. Um, I wrote in, in my draft profile of Spiller that his 2020 tape reminded me of Joe Mixon. His 2021 tape was less spectacular. Based on the, what we're hearing in the last week or so, I'm guessing he's flashing 2024. Um, I was really impressed with that tape, not so impressed with the 21, 21 tape. Um, but I don't think he's going to steal goal line carries per se, but I think Kind of like Tyler Allisier, kind of like Tyler Allisier in Atlanta. I think he's going to get the between twenties work, and then he might he might get in for four to six touchdowns. He might get some goal line work, but I what I drafted him for though was if Eckler gets hurt, then then I've got a then I've got a potential league winner. Uh, speaking of league winners, this is the second consecutive night on the HSFFR Pros versus Joe's coverage that we have a Kings Classic champ on. We had Jim Coventry on last night. We get Doug Orth on tonight, a guy who's been playing. More than two decades of high-stakes fantasy football still is waiting for that first losing season of cash. Hasn't happened yet. You can check out all of his work over at FF today. Follow him on Twitter at Doug Orth. Doug, thanks so much for uh, making the uh, show part of your evening tonight. Congratulations on a solid draft. Good luck the rest of the way, dude. Appreciate it. Sorry I didn't get on earlier, guys. Thank you. All good. Thanks, Doug. Doug Orth, ladies and gentlemen. Follow him on Twitter at Doug Orth. Remember, fantasy uh, follow FF today on Twitter at FF underscore today. Guys, that about wraps up our coverage for uh, Draft 5. Uh, I want to thank both of you for popping on. Obviously, Farrell, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event at KFFSC.com is hopping, filling up drafts there. And uh, I would encourage everybody uh, to not only compete online against me, but compete live in Louisville and, of course, Cincinnati as well. Yeah, thank you, Balky. We'd, uh, yeah, anyone that uh... – Still has an interest. We still have spots. It's day nine since we began broadcasting um, with our beloved Dave Turp, and it's day nine that he does not have a team in the KFFSC yet. I actually looked at the website last night. There you go, buddy. Ah, well, the world no longer in crisis, hopefully, then. Uh, the, the wheels are in motion, as they say. Turp, we will see you tomorrow, but just remind the listeners who may not be tuning in tomorrow, what time are you going to be drafting live on the GOAT District on uh, Friday? Nine o'clock on Friday, we'll both be drafting an FFPC best ball draft. Hopefully, you know, that'll get sold out well in advance. We'll get some good press on that. Keep drafting. All right. And we will uh, keep drafting in the uh, pros versus Joe's uh, uh, FFPC competition tomorrow, guys. We will be back on at 10, 9 central. Uh, Certainly appreciate all the insight, all your hard work tonight, guys. Be good. And we'll talk to you tomorrow night. Have a good one, guys. Thanks, Farrell. Thanks, Terp. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Dave Terpoli and Farrell Elliott. Remember to follow Dave on Twitter at Dave Terp. Check out the KFFSC at KFFSC.com. Want to thank tonight's guests. Wow, did we have a lot of them. This might have set a record. Matt Marku, Mike Stanowski, Shane Wingard, John Hurd, Lou Tranquilli, Jerry Hooten, and, of course, Doug Orth, who just popped on. Want to thank Darren Armani, the FFPC, our producer and mutual friend, Rob, our audio engineer, my best friend, Bryce, most of all, all of our viewers tonight. We will be back tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, for the No Mercy League number six. It's the final pros versus Joes we are covering. It starts at 10 o'clock Eastern time tomorrow. A lot of talented Joes uh, tomorrow tonight. You're uh, t- Tomorrow tonight. A lot of Joes tomorrow night that are pretty talented. You're looking at Jay uh, Scaffer- 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 Scaffariello. 
God, I'm going to butcher that so many times tomorrow. And his co-owner, Dan Steegers, will be drafting. Uh, Peter Kulubaris and Brian Gerber, Chad Schroeder, will be drafting from the sixth spot tomorrow. I think we all know who that is. Tim Deneau and Tim Bolu, the uh, former FFPC main event winners, will be drafting from the eighth spot. Uh, Kevin Proctor and Jamison Proctor drafting from the 10. And, of course, Grant Dempsey picking from the 12. The pros tomorrow, it is a sharp lineup. John Daigle from four for four. Rich Rebar from Sharp Football Analysis, Mike Shope and Adam Krautwurst from the Deep End Fantasy Football Podcast, a division of Draft Sharks. They will be drafting tomorrow. The FF Mastermind himself makes his return to PVJ, Michael Nazarek, Howard Bender from Fantasy Alarm, and of course, the godfather of the FFPC Pros versus Joe's Challenge, Darren Armani picking 11th tomorrow. Wow going to be a fun one. Do not miss that one. Uh, main event slow drafts off and running with the FFPC. Multiple football guys drafts filling up every day. If you want to try to win a million bucks in the main event or a half million in the football guys players championship, myffpc.com is where to go. It's also where you want to go to join our best ball tournament and our super flex best ball tournament, which continues to get closer and closer to capacity here. $35 to enter, $10,000 to the winner. $200, I beg your pardon, $125 to enter a $200,000 grand prize in the classic uh, best ball tournament as well. Uh, Dynasty startups going on over the next uh, five-ish weeks, right around there. Uh, so if you want to join in uh, a Dynasty startup, that is where to go, myffpc.com. And of course, plenty of slow drafts in the varsity format, Terminator, Superflex, whatever you want going on at myffpc.com. I believe we're only a few days away from the start of the Terminator tournament, uh, the tournament that uh, Phil and Jerry Hooten won back in 2018. Uh, you can win, uh, I believe, a $25,000 grand prize at just a $350 entry there. Those drafts pop off. Really a fun format. Check that out. You got to drop one player every week until you have one starting lineup at the end of the season on your squad. Uh, that is always a fun one. It's always fun hanging out with you guys here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour as well. We will see you again at 10-9 Central tomorrow night for the final night of Pros versus Joes. Your week continues now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Uh, one other thing I should mention here, ladies and gentlemen, before we sign off uh, tonight is um, the there are leagues filling in the Football Guys Players Championship. If you are look, if you got that itch and you want to scratch it tonight uh, with the Football Guys Players Championship, don't forget we got a midnight draft going on in about 45 minutes or so and uh, plenty of best ball action coming up as well. It's August 1st. There's no excuse not to be drafting if you've been waiting. This is what you've been waiting for. It's the most fun month for any of us playing fantasy football. It all kicks off today. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. And we will talk with you again at 10, 9 Central tomorrow uh, with Pros versus Joes, number six. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, make sure you're tuning in for it. Uh, thanks so much. And we'll, we'll, we will talk to you in a little bit less than 24 hours. <laughs>